I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Where? Ooh. Where? I feel like I've lost using that that noise on the show. Oh. I used to throw it in a lot. You have not used that in a long time. Yeah. Your has been a while. Growing up. No. Maybe it's that big tube of steak you got putting in your mouth making you think about it. Hey, the cameras aren't even on yet, so no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> That's right. There we go. <laughs> I was like trying I'm, to be mysterious. It's like I'm running the boards all of a sudden. <laughs> Yo, so guys and gals, tonight is Sacrifice September recap. Kind of odd. We did not really plan on doing a catch up on Sacrifice September, immediately followed by the recap. But we were out of town uh, for a week. And uh, I was planning on doing this show uh, later, but just with our schedules, this just happened to be the best time. And I was killing birds. Y- you were killing birds. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's right. When were you killing birds? Uh, last weekend. Last when, weekend. When y'all did the the pre-recap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The catch-up. <laughs> yeah. Sacrifice. So uh, last episode, Justin, you weren't here for this. Something that went really well, something I didn't really expect, was we actually opened up the microphones to or, or uh, Facebook to questions and answers. So it uh, went over really well. Nick and I, I think enjoyed it a lot more than I thought we ever would, uh, probably more than I think Nick did as well. So uh, we're going to do that again tonight. If you're listening, if you're on Facebook Live, what's up, Nick? Oh, I was just going to say, don't put words in my mouth while I'm putting this burrito in my mouth, all right? Mm. I can't stand up for myself. Mm. You can't stand up for yourself. Excuse me, it's a quesarito, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're on Facebook, if you're on Facebook Live, go ahead and hit us up with a question. Hit us up with a topic, things you want to cover, things you want to talk about. Um, when we uh, don't have guests, we will be doing a little bit more of... Uh, the Facebook Live questions. Uh, and also remember, Norman Kent on September, October. October 6th is going to be in studio, and we're also going to be hitting him up with a little Q&A. So uh, hit us up on Facebook, ask your questions, do what you want to do. But for now, we're going to start catching up a little bit with, uh, man, Sacrifice September. Nick, what are you doing over there, motherfucker? Dude, I'm trying to get this quesarito in, in my body. <laughs> so we all did our own little sacrifices, and I really want to start tonight with what was your individual sacrifice? What did you choose? So the first thing, I think, did everybody go full sobriety, including no caffeine? Yes. I, I did. I started heroin. Does that count? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, was, I supplemented I was, with I amphetamines. Then. Is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> I picked the wrong day to quit. Um, and yes, <laughs> same for me, man. Uh, and then uh, beyond that, Nick, what was your... Not not your workout, but did you have any other sacrifices? Anything I gave up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was on a pretty strict diet all month, so there was a lot of food that I gave that I gave up. Like what? Uh, I think I was in ketosis by day five, and that probably lasted until day, I don't know, maybe 20-something. So how do you know you're in ketosis? I have a, a blood ketone meter, and I have piss strips as well. I've uh, They actually have a breathalyzer version of a... Ke- yeah, I've, I've heard about that. I... I haven't used the breathalyzer, but the the blood test I know is super accurate, and the the pee strips said pretty much exactly the same thing that the blood test said. I'd be curious because I do want to start using it. I have been doing uh, uh, keto diets quite a while now, mm-hmm. uh, on and off, and I'm curious to how much I was in ketosis this month because until the 26th, I was very very dedicated to a keto diet. Uh, Justin, what about food for you? Any sacrifices there? Um, no. 
no sacrifices like, for Fuck food. You yeah. coffee was enough, bitch. Yeah, it was enough. Oh yeah, and here's here's the first sip of alcohol. So full sobriety for everybody. Uh, Nick, you're still sober. No alcohol, no caffeine. Have you done any caffeine yet? I had coffee this morning, dude. I feel so sorry for my I keyboard. I wanted to. I had coffee this morning, I do it. and when I was typing, I swear I was punching holes. And it was like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. did you feel your heart going oh, at all? For sure, <laughs> oh, dude. So this morning, me and Francisco went out to eat at another Broken Egg Cafe. This was right over yeah. here. Yeah, I had some um, carrot cake pancakes. Oh my! I didn't know they did that. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, dude! They were super on point. He had the French toast, uh, cinnamon bread, French Cin- toast. yeah, cinnamon yeah. roll French toast. It sounds yes. super sweet though. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it was delicious and wonderful, but it came with with fried eggs and uh, sausage patties. Oh, so, yeah. like that really savory breaks up the yeah. breaks up the sweet and makes you able to enjoy more of it. But yeah, it's got this cream cheese frosting, and man, I covered that shit in syrup. It was fantastic. Syrup. <laughs> but I have not had alcohol yet, and I was under the impression that we may. I know that Justin just had his first sip. I thought that you may have a beer this evening, and you told me that you were going to remain sober. Um, so I'm not necessarily remaining sober. Anytime I've done sobriety trips, I did a, a did 30 day stint earlier this year. Last year, I did a couple 30 day stints of sobriety, and every time I've done sobriety, I've not ended it on the day that it ends. I don't like it, it's. I'm not sober because it's the month. I'm sober because it's an act I'm going through. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, Justin having a drink the first night that's available. I mean, I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, I usually have scotch in the show. It's like tradition. Kind yeah. Of. For me, it's just kind of like, man, it's it's a, it's a an act of discipline. If you know me, uh, drinking is not my only choice of not being sober. And coffee is the only thing that I've done so far. And uh, if the reason was right, I'd probably have a drink. Um, not a beer. But I, I'd be very quick to go pour a Moscow Mule for myself real quick. I, that would be the drink I'd probably come back to. So Ben said Nick cheated. He was drunk on his love this weekend, this past <laughs> weekend. That's true. I did make sweet, sweet love to Ben Nelson. Is it really sweet or is it bitter, bitter? Oh, dude, it's so sweet. I love that man. <laughs> did you see the shirt that he gave me with his face I all over the flowers? I love shirt, yes. Yeah, was, uh, is that who had those made? Yeah, he had them made. But <clears throat> I slept in mine last night and pushed Sam out of the bed so it could be just me and Ben. It's really nice. Did you get all the stains off of it, or just leave no? Them I, on there? I added more. What do you think? <laughs> so, d- were you going to have a drink tonight? Was that you said you were if, thinking about? I, well, I looked in the fridge and I didn't see any hopadillos. No, I think we're out of hops. Well, I think no hopadillos. There m- is maybe op- it's going to have to wait. Any more of that South American beer? You should try that one. What's a South American beer? I forget what it was, but is the red? Oh, uh, you label? mean the Filipino beer? Filipino. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Red Horse. So no, I think we're out of Red Horse. We have Oktoberfest, Shinerbach. Art Car, Guinness, and somebody left Angry Orchard Crisp Apple Cider. I think that was Tex's uh, choice. I think Tex brought that and left it here, man. That and the Limerita also <laughs> came from him. Limerita? <laughs> Isn't that what Tex would drink? Limeritas? <laughs> I don't know. I think he gets really angry if we suggest those things. So it's really just the stab at, stab at Tex. So I think that's it after that. Eh, just some uh, Zevias. Man, I miss the Zevia, dude. Yeah, that shit's super good. But I can't have no caffeine this late. I'm afraid if I have caffeine this late, I am going to like do jumping jacks. Yeah, yeah I don't. Night. I don't notice the caffeine from a from a Zevia. Maybe I would now. I had a diet that. coke at lunch, and I'm still fucking wired from it. Really? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like the, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> that coffee definitely got me going, man. It was like, like oh oh oh, there's that, there's that thing. 
I was glad but, I, I was I was talking to myself last night, like, okay, I'm gonna get a cup of coffee in the morning. It's like smelling everyone's all the time at mm. work. Every time I walk into someone's office, it's like, fuck you, man, I miss that smell so much. Um, but I'm glad I didn't because I sat in a two hour long client meeting where I didn't talk very much and I probably would have just been like ah, like I had Tourette's. Man, it, the coffee was definitely the thing I looked the most forward to. So uh Nick actually we we went to a wedding this week, this last week. And Nick came up to me. He's like, hey, how's that scotch? And I said, I haven't had any. He's like, I thought you were going to cheat today. I'm like, no, I'm cheating on the diet part. So for me, it was full uh, eating a keto diet. I ate keto except for two days. The day of the wedding, uh, we did the groom's lunch. So it was the groom and the groomsman. And, dude, there was some goat cheese with some bread out there that I was like, fuck this Mm. noise. And I wanted a wedding cake that night. So really, those are two things. So I probably hit up about 100 carbs of of, – uh, 100 grams of carbs, which is double uh, my max. And then the last day, the 29th, that night, I had Indian food with a bunch of rice just because I needed the carbs for my last ride. I did a 100-mile ride. Oh, shit. How um, was that? Wow. So a 100-mile ride, first of all, my legs, I had an argument where they rebar or where they jello as I got off that bike and for mm-hmm. the entire day. <laughs> I woke up sick yesterday. Yesterday was the 30th. Yeah. I woke up sick. I'm still fighting a cold. I still feel like ass. I'm on DayQuil and NyQuil nonstop the last three days. And I just woke up and said, fuck it. I got to go, man. I, I committed to do this. There's no excuses. Let's go. It's, it's a minor cold. It's not that bad. And I think I told you my goal was five hours. If I got five and a half hours, I was going to be happy. That, that was my goal. How long did it take me to ride that 100 miles? What do you think? I'll tell you, it's way less than five. 23 and a half hours. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not good at math. <laughs> Way less than five hours. Way less than I thought you were actually going to be really close when you said 23. So four hours, 23 minutes, and 13 seconds, 43 seconds. I have to, I read it down somewhere. So what, what does that put your pace at? Your uh, pace? 23, almost 24 miles an hour. Okay. So the week before, I did a lot of paces. So I did two 20 mile rides, one at a 25 mile an hour pace. And I smoked that 25-mile-an-hour pace. But at the end, I was definitely I – w- I was like, I can't do that for four straight hours because that would give me a four-hour ride. Um, and then I did a ride at a 20-mile-an-hour pace to get five hours. And I'm like, okay, I can definitely do that. So I know five hours is attainable. So now my goal is four and a half hours. After the first hour uh, – and what I thought I was going to do, and I did it the first hour, was 10 miles at a comfortable pace at the 20-mile-an-hour pace. And 10 miles at a 25-mile-an-hour pace. And then back and forth. 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off. 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off. And after that first one, I said, man, I'm just going to go to the average. I'm just going to go in between, and I'm just not going to stop. This up and down, up and down, at some point is going to break me. I just need to find my rhythm and just go. And I did. I mean, it was, it was, it was harsh. It was hard. I found myself slowing down but i would just look at the cadence and that was the cadence was my fucking that, that was my life does it give you hours. like an rpm yeah so i can see my i, I have my heartbeat on my wrist are you on a stationary bike yeah i can see my cadence the rpm i can see the speed i can see my mileage i can see the time and i'm using all of this together you know the the, the distance was great because 23 miles is 23 percent of the way done so it was really easy to think in percentages um, but I really, man, that cadence, I just kept that rhythm at times. I just hung my head and just in my head, I could, I, the, the, 
the movement of my feet, just hearing it. Did you listen to music? Were you watching anything on TV? I had stuff on TV, uh, but not really watching most of it. It was just random shit I would just throw on. Like, dude, except the Chappelle special. I listened to the majority Sticks of Sticks and Stones. Oh, my God. It's a good one. Oh, dude. I, I saw that one live. Yeah. And awesome. definitely actually kept one of my best rhythms during that. When I was engaged to Chappelle, I commonly would look down and be like, oh, man, I'm keeping this I'm rhythm I'm doing up. it. Yeah. And so that was, I did that in about the middle of the ride, and I think that was my breaking point. That's when I was starting to to struggle the most, not the, the second most, and, and Chappelle got me through it. 80 to 90 miles was the struggle bus. 80 to 90 miles is where I just, I, I really thought I was going to break at some point. But I'm like, dude, 80% of the way done. I can finish this. And the last 10, butter, man. The last 10, it hurt. It sucked. I fucking hated it. The last two, I pushed the hardest. The last two miles I did the entire time. But man, when I was on that ride, I said, fuck you guys. I will never do Sacrifice September like this again. <laughs> I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Yeah, while it's happening, it's hard to like be super into it, right? Like when you're in the middle of a workout and it's a huge torture and all you want to do in the world is not be doing that thing that you're currently doing. It's like, man, why the fuck did I do this? This is so stupid. I'm not doing this again. Uh-huh. And then when it's over, it's like, yeah, I could probably do more. I could do more. I could do more of that. Yeah. So I don't know, and I'm really going to have to dwell on this thought process, but I think four hours, 100 mile on the same system. I think that's my next goal for next year, and I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I don't give a fuck about my Murph time ever again. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll do something <laughs> for Sacrifice September, but I'm not doing that. I got to make one thing clear, man. Uh, a friend of ours, I don't know if you know Kristen Taylor Moore. Kristen Taylor Moore said, don't hate on White Claws, Ben. Uh, white Claws are the tears of orphans, man. That shit is <laughs> horrible. Yeah, orphans, ben made the comment that Tex probably drinks this. Orphans cried into buckets. Tell me what a White Claw is. And fruits farted in it to make it taste that way. It's like uh, seltzer waters that are flavored with alcohol. Uh, that's, how, that's the best explanation I have for them. Um, <laughs> I saw this on Reddit the other day. There's a Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing those. <laughs> for a White Claw. I think we should get that for Tex so he can wear it. I don't think he's going to wear it. Or maybe Ben. I mean, I mean it, does, it doesn't have sleeves. Like I guess we got a good chance. Hugs welcome on the back. Uh, whoa. <laughs> I, I missed something. I started reading. Um, just a reminder, those of you watching Facebook, we are going to take any questions, things you guys want to talk about, things you want to address, but Nick, the Murph. So the Murph, for those who don't know what the Murph is, remind us. Okay. So the history of this workout used to be uh, done by a guy named Michael Murphy. He's a Navy SEAL, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Murphy. He was killed in Afghanistan in, uh, I want to say 2005, could be 2008, but he used to do a workout and he called his workout body armor where he would put on the, you know, the, his uh, military body armor. And 2005. Would, okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, he would run for a mile and then do 300 squats, 200 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then finish it with another mile run. And when he passed away, they renamed this workout the Murph in, in his honor. And for the most part, most people who know Murph, it's, it's, it's big in the CrossFit world. Uh, most CrossFit gyms will do it on uh, Memorial Day every year as a way of remembering right because it's fucking miserable that's that's why it's a you know it's a significant workout it's a huge workload it's awful and so you you make you know you honor people through that difficult thing and so i think that this this idea came from a few different places you had asked me 
if I was interested in running, right? You said, hey, do you think you could run a mile? I remember I was producing the show. I don't remember who, who the guest was when you asked this question. And I remember reluctantly saying, yeah, but I didn't want to say yeah because I, I knew that that was going to lead to, okay, let's do it then. Like, yeah, fuck. I don't <laughs> like it. The last time I had run was actually... Uh, well, I guess I guess I started doing some some light running because I have never run, and I know that it's a thing that I should like. I'm athletic enough; I should be able to run a mile. Like even with my shitty running, if someone told me that like they ran a mile today and that was their workout, I'd be like, "What'd you do after that? That's not that bad." <laughs> but uh, Josh Sherrard, he was out doing the Murph on Memorial Day at the drop zone, and he was in full kit, as they would say, meaning he had body armor on. And I watched him do it, and I said, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. So I did the first, I didn't run the first mile, but I did the first, uh, the, the 300 squats, 200 push-ups, and 100 pull-ups with just my body weight. I wasn't wearing anything. And then I went and I grabbed my rig, and I did another 300 squats, 200 push-ups, and 100 pull-ups with my rig on. And then I took the rig off, and I ran just the second mile. So I only ran one mile. So I didn't do the full Murph as it's, like, written down, but I did... A version of it where I did, you know, the Murph, like the the circuit part of the workout twice, once weighted and once not, and did the mile run. So I figured it felt like I had I had done it, right? And then you brought this idea up of, uh, hey, you, you want to do running for September? And I was like, no, no, I don't really. And then I watched a documentary. It's called Iron Cowboy. It's just, This guy does 50 uh, Ironman triathlons in 50 days in 50 states. And it fucking ruins him. It almost kills the guy. It's on Netflix. Iron Cowboy. It's pretty good. And then... 50 Iron Mans in 50 days. Yeah. What a maniac, right? That's insane. Every 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 day, a different state. So, so all of these little ideas kind of coalesced into me thinking about... Oh, and, and did you ever watch the CrossFit Games documentary? I have not yet. It's I should really have done good. that on my ride day. It's again. I'm not a huge fan of the the CrossFit community. I don't go to a CrossFit gym, but some of the workouts are are challenging to say the least. But watching the CrossFit Games and Murph was a workout they did in the CrossFit Games in 2015 and 2016, and watching people do it in 2015, a bunch of people really just blew it out and didn't do very well. It really uh, messed a lot of people up. So 2016, a lot of people had trained to do a better job of it. But uh, both of those documentaries, I don't remember the names of them, but if you just look up CrossFit on uh, on Netflix, you'll find them. But uh, watching them do it there and seeing how they do a little bit more difficult version of it than I did in, in the CrossFit games because they broke the, the squats, push-ups, and pull-ups up differently than I did. Um, I would do 10 sets of 20 push-ups, 30 squats, and 10 pull-ups. So I do the push-ups first, wears out your shoulders, right? And then my shoulders would recover as I do the squats, and then I would do the pull-ups. And then I would take a little bit of a, of a rest there. Like seven seconds. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the last the last day, or when I when I got my my goal time, yeah, it was it was between, it was about a 10-second a ten break. <laughs> but I had it, so I first started training it, t- today was the first day I didn't run in like six weeks. And I started running in June when you first brought this idea up. And I looked at my uh, my run tracker. I've, I've run 140 miles since June, which I was pretty pretty excited about. Damn! And so 60 of those were this this last month doing the Murph. And 
Oh, fuck. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. Keep going with it. <laughs> I don't remember where, where I was going. Oh, uh, the run pace. So I would just do, do the run, and then I didn't really care about how fast I was, I was going. I was just, just doing the run. And then depending on how quickly the run would go, I would pace the, the circuit, so the, the push-ups, pull-ups, and squats off of that that pace. So if I had a really good start, like my first mile was a good time, I'd say, okay, I'm going to try and step it up today. I'm going to try and move through the, the circuit faster. And so I had a timer set. Uh, it's like just a, an interval timer you can download in the App Store. And it would give me two minutes and 10 seconds. So it would give me, it would count down a two-minute round, and then I would get a ding-ding as a 10-second warning that the next two-minute round is going to start. So I would have two minutes to do the, the push-ups, squats and pull-ups and then i'd have the rest of the two minutes to rest so the faster i got through it the more rest time i would get right so i got used to the pace of that and then i just started cutting time off of the 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 timer so instead of two minutes and 10 seconds i'd cut it down to two minutes and then i cut it down to a minute 55 and i think on the day i did my uh my fastest time was 33 minutes and some change i had gotten it down to a minute and 45 per round 32.53, Thirty-two fifty-three, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but I had gotten it down to a minute forty-five with the goal of of lapping it, meaning I wanted to cut my own rest off and start earlier, start before the bell every round, start before the bell every round, and actually ended up getting two full rounds ahead by the time I had to start the second run, and then <laughs> I thought of every oh, oh so I I cheated on my diet the, the night before because I've been on this keto diet, this, this fat burning diet, right? Mm-hmm. So where your body's taking all, all of its fuel from burning fat, producing ketones. And that's what you're, that's where you're getting your energy. But explosive energy comes a lot better from, from, uh, glucose, from carbohydrates, from burning glycogen that's stored in your cells. Right. So the day before I had loaded up on MCT oil, which works as like an exogenous ketone. And then and then I also loaded, I ate a bunch of fruit, so a bunch of dates, I drank pineapple juice, so I got all the glycogen built back up, right? So I kind of had a dual fuel source of I was still, I still had ketones in my system to burn, and now I have all this sugar to burn also. So I felt like I had access to a lot more energy. And uh, yeah, through, the, through that really helped me through the, the second uh, run, but I also thought of every every person that I had ever made a promise to or had ever... Like I so there were positive things that I thought about to get me through the workout, and there were negative things that I thought about. If I would think about like positive things, like promises, people who would motivate me, uh, you know, people I you know people I've lost or people who I just know have a really hard work ethic, and I'd hear their voices in my head, and they'd be yelling at me, right? And then I would think of every negative thing I ever thought about someone who was a quitter or someone who didn't push themselves or someone who wasn't willing to take on a challenge. I would think about all those things and how I didn't want to live up to it. And so I knew I had, I had all that stuff in, the, in my mental bank, right, of like, hey, I've tried not to really exploit all of these things. So they're still going to have some psychological weight when I go to berate myself with those thoughts that it's actually going to have some, some effect and, and, and get me to keep going. So my goal was 35 minutes, and it was, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were right, 30, 30 I'm going to look it up. It was 32.53. I, I took a screenshot. I'm p- pretty positive, 32.53, but I could be wrong. 
3253, that's it. Yeah, and that's where I'm confused is I don't remember my own time completely. I actually wrote it down for similar reasons because I won't remember. Uh, 41343. So 41340. Man, I can't believe I beat the 415 mark. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually said 423 earlier. 413. Dude, I, I, man. So one of the things that I really considered is I. Intermittent fasting is something that you've led me to in my life, and regularly I eat between noon and eight. It's not all the time, but it is regular, and over the last ah, few months, I've kind of gotten a little bit lazy about it, mainly knowing Sacrifice September was coming up, and really knew that that was going to be a big focus again. Um, So that wasn't that hard, because last year, that's what we did. I did that with a 24-hour fast once a week, and I mean, that wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. So this year... 12 to 8 was my normal eating window. Twice a week, I would do a 20-hour fast. And then once a week, I would do a 24-hour fast. And one week, I did five 20s, 124, which I think 20s is a regular point, way of life for you. It wasn't this month. <clears throat> That's one thing I didn't, didn't mention either. My, uh, my energy was just way low. So I was eating earlier in the day than, than I normally would, and I was eating more food than, mm-hmm. than I normally would. But I was like... It's it's really hard for me to effectively communicate the exhaustion that that workout brings on. Um, I would love for anyone listening to this to go try and do 100 pull-ups with a 20-pound weight vest on and tell me how they feel. <laughs> tell me how they feel about doing 300 squats, 200 push-ups, and a couple miles of, of running after that, too. And so it's just... Uh, it was really shitty. Yeah. And I felt, with minus the coffee... I, I was trying to get consistent sleep, but m- one of my other goals for, for the month was to not snooze my alarm clock, which I didn't all month. I'm pretty pretty proud of myself. Wow. And uh, so that, that meant getting up at on, on weekends at 5 a.m. and the rest of the week at 5.20 a.m. to get myself ready. <laughs> I had to, I, I mentioned this on the last show, but I had to tape my hands because my hands started coming apart on the pull-up bar at like day eight or nine or something that like... I, I just started getting blisters that were opening up, and I knew, hey, if I just go fucking hard like a man and I rip these blisters off my hand today, what's tomorrow going to be like? Or what's 20 more workouts of this every day going to be like? So I had to tape my hands in the morning, and then my, my chest, my skin was chafing really bad from the weight vest bouncing up and down. Because if I had a shirt on under the vest, it would just get soaked with sweat, and I couldn't cool off, and it was making the workout even more terrible. So I would have no shirt. And but I would I would bandage my chest before I put the uh, put the vest on. Long story short, this took a lot of time in the morning, so I'd have to fucking I'd have to get ready. Uh, I don't know where I was going with any of that. Oh yeah, so I wasn't uh, I wasn't feeling super rested, even though I was having a pretty consistent uh, bedtime. And you ate more than your normal. Yeah, but I don't mm. know I don't know by quite a bit. But it's you know most people don't ever see me eating at work. It's usually pretty easy for me to go through the whole day. Yeah, I might feel hungry if we talk about food or if I open the refrigerator, but having, you know, like uh, sparkling water or Zevi or whatever in the fridge keeps me feeling pretty good until I get home. And then I'm pretty excited to eat when I get home just because it's like I've been waiting for it. But uh, <laughs> but as far as like it actually being challenging, no, it, it, I think for me it's become a pretty uh, a pretty normal day to do it that way. Yeah. Just a reminder, if you're out there on Facebook land, any questions, any topics you guys want us to cover tonight, hit us up, let me know. Um, man, one day, one week, one day, or yeah, one week I did two 20s, and the majority of the time I did three, four, or five 20-hour fast. A 24-hour fast every uh, week for sure happened. 
um, except for that last day on that ride. And that's one thing I debated. You know, you talked about low energy and workout. On that 100-mile ride, I said, fuck it. I need to accept that I need fuel for this ride. So I mentioned I, I kind of carved up the night before. And every 25 miles, I allowed myself a small stack, a small snack, a little energy booster. So I had workout snacks piled up next to me. And every 25 miles, I took in just 200 calories. That's that's all it was. Ultimately, I burned something like 2,800 calories during the ride, so 2,900. Um, dude, the Apple Watch has a little activity ring, and the ring spins. Like when you look at it for the first time, it'll spin. So the first time you look at the ring for the workout or the day or the whatever you've done, it's going to spin. And I'm just, Nick, I'm going to show this to you real quick. So like if you look on the ring here, you'll see the little rings do a little spinning. Okay, I see some spinner rings. Look, yeah, looks yeah. a little bit like a target. Ready? Did it load up that one? Nothing's happened. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Oh, no, it's already preloaded. I loaded yesterday's, and the fucking ring for working out and calories burns just kept spinning and spinning and spinning. I don't think it'll redo it. So it was just absolutely crazy the amount that I burnt where my heart rate was all day. So <coughs> that kept me going, and it really it blew my mind after about 30 miles is when I actually took my first intake of calories. I was like, man... I don't know how much this is going to make a difference. I ate the food, and within about five minutes, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel my rhythm again. I'm starting to feel my beat. Um, I tried to stay super hydrated, paid attention. And that fasting thing, you said drinking water throughout the day, I have never been more hydrated in my life. I, it's not eating. The only thing that satiates me is drinking, right? So sparkling water, uh, having it throughout the day, seltzer water throughout the day. I drink so much water this month. I actually feel so much better just from hydration, let alone anything else. So you weren't super active before this, right? Oh, fuck no. So no. How, how how has it felt to get into an exercise routine? Man, uh, dude, I'm good. And I mean that in a great way. Uh, first of all, um, I'm going to get back to that answer. I, w- I want to get back to the answer because I really want to go somewhere with that conversation. So I'm going to get back to the answer. But Justin, what did you do this month? After we listened to this guy Murph. <laughs> yeah, month. shit. By the way, Billy said he's going to take on the Murph. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yes, dude. Buddy I will. Billy Whitaker. I will do that. Wor- Man, I was so happy to finish that last one yesterday, but I would do it again if someone wanted a companion to 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 Murph with. I would. I'm actually considering a triathlon now. You said the Iron Man, so I had to look up what an Iron Man was. I don't know if you saw me. Fifty Iron Mans in fifty days. Yeah, it's a full marathon. Is the run? It's yep. a two point four mile swim. Is that right? And, and then it's a 100-plus mile bike ride, 112. 112. 2.4, yeah, and 112. So I looked up uh, triathlon first just look, because... Look up sprint distance triathlon. That's where you're going to start. Um, probably need to do that. But like the, a swim is 0.93 miles, bicycle of 24.8, and a 6.2-mile run, which is the part that ultimately scares me the most. Mm-hmm. Is this Olympic distance? Um, yes, International Olympic Guidelines. Um, and it scares me the most just because of my knees. Like well, the the sprint distance is only a five k. Oh, that's fuck. So three point one miles. And the rest stays the same. No, the swim. I don't remember what the swim and the bike are, but it's all it's all shorter. The I think the, uh, the Olympic distance. I want to say it's a that's a ten k run. Would that be six miles? Right, six point two. Yes, yeah, a ten k. Yeah. Correct. Um, so it's all it's all half of of that. What's the distance? Sprint spin? is half mile swim, twelve point four mile bike, three point one mile run. Yeah, twelve to fifteen mile cycling, 
four to five hundred yards or meters. That's just not the right place to look, apparently. But Billy Whitaker's your guy if you want to talk about some triathlons. Well, dude, I yeah. um, we actually are supposed to have a guy named uh, I told you Jeremy. Oh yeah, you yeah. met some people in the triathlon community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he does endurance training. I've been waiting to have Jeremy on the show. Uh, I really debated having him on before or after Sacrifice September because of all our workouts and whatnot. And I am really looking to him at some point. I didn't know what I was going to do after this. So uh, I'll get back to what my goals are after this. So what did you do, Justin, we were saying before King Murph over here destroyed the world? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, I've actually been dealing with some plantar fasciitis, and it's it's not gotten any better. So I, I really couldn't. I tried, but it, it just inflamed everything worse. That and, and, and your knee recovery was killing you. Yeah, my knee, my knee still gave me a lot of trouble. Um, I did a lot uh, while I was dove hunting last weekend. That was a freaking struggle, but uh, not too bad. So I, I tried to at least move a mile every day. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some days that were really bad where I couldn't hardly even walk. Um, what what is plantar fasciitis? I know that it's something to do with feet, but I don't know anything other yeah, than it's that. It's like the the tendons in the bottom of your feet that connect your uh, heel to the ball of your foot, um, the plantar fascia. Uh, it's an inflammation, uh, and it's it's almost like you're walking on a severe bruise all the time. When like when mine's really bad, I'm hobbling around where I I don't even want to put any weight on the heel of my foot. Um, it's affecting me kind of more in the back of the heel than it is the arch. Most people feel it mostly in the arch uh, area. So I need to go back to the podiatrist and uh, figure out what's still going on. Um, But it's mostly since I stopped taking the uh, prescription anti-inflammatories to see if it got better, just to to see if that's what was helping me a lot, and it it didn't get... It it got worse after I stopped taking those, so something else is going on. Yeah. we got to figure it out. I mean, plantar fasciitis at some point, and I'm, this is going to come off a little bit odd at first, but I'm going to defend Justin said and done. Somebody might think, well, like, don't be a bitch, dude. Just get up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> NFL fucking elite players stand down and stop working out because of plantar fasciitis. It is, I, I have never experienced it, but I've seen several people. It was people, more difficult than like uh, my knee recovery. It's sometimes like not even being able to put weight on your foot is just fucking horrible. That's life. It's different when you can kind of gimp around when your knee's feeling like shit, but like tr- trying to walk around on the ball of your foot because it, it's fucking excruciating putting your heel on the floor. It sucks. <laughs> I just pictured you walking in high heels. I, I just <laughs> sorry I giggle at your pain, but um, you so, said you wouldn't talk about that. I'm sorry about that, man. That was last night. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's uh, if you think it's just like, hey, man, get over it. Back to professional NFL football players, th- they sit down for something like this, so it is a pretty big deal. Um, you also took CBD at some point. How's that been helping you? Uh, yeah, I have been, um, I haven't got off of it at all. It's, it's helped a lot. Like if it hadn't been for that, um, my knee would still be in really bad shape. There was, um, a period where I ran out and just decided to wait to order more to see, to make sure it wasn't just like, you know, uh, something in my head that was doing Mm it. And, um, yeah, I definitely realized it, it was helping a lot with inflammation. And especially the biggest thing is uh, first thing in the morning, um, you know, after after sleeping and being static for so long, putting weight on the knee, uh, I definitely felt it. Uh, and CBD was helping with that when I got off of painkillers after surgery. Um, 
that helped a lot with the inflammation. Actually, after we had Ben Armandiers on the show, mm-hmm. um, I ordered some just to try it out because I know you'd talked about it a lot. Uh, he talked it up real big. Uh, I think Norman Kent also talked it up a lot. So anyway, it's uh, definitely helped. And when I weaned, when I went like a few weeks off of it, I definitely noticed a lot more um, just throughout the day, um, more stiffness, uh, you know, which is inflammation. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh, uh, morning stiffness. and and also just like uh i think it helps a lot with uh it was eventually got me to the point where it's helping a lot with sleep Mm -hmm. i think that was the uh also a huge benefit to caffeine like getting rid of that caffeine oh my god like i've been sleeping so well better than i have in i don't know how long that i can remember it's been insane and like being able to wake up and actually be awake i never I was never like that. Like I had to have many, many cups of coffee before I actually felt awake and mentally uh, able to function. I um, I, I want to talk more about CBD, but I really want to hold tight right there because Norman Ken is going to be on the show again on the 6th. And him and I have talked a lot about the idea. Uh, a lot of our topics going to focus on cannabis, more specifically cannabidiols, which is CBD and its benefits, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about Quanta as a company he works with. I use a couple different companies' products for oils and tinctures. I actually prefer a company called, uh, used to be Select, now they're called Social CBD. Um, his company does not produce tinctures, oils. Uh, they do pens and rubs, and I actually use, my vape pen is from Quanta. So, well, d- we'll I, I actually recently changed um, from a uh, just pure cbd mm-hmm. thc free cbd uh, specifically because i get drug tested all the fucking time and not all of them are thc free so just be careful that some of them have trace amounts um so make sure it's lab tested and all that good stuff i switched from just pure to uh, a full spectrum that's thc yep. free and that made a huge difference it's uh, it's more expensive but it's definitely worth it I uh, be careful when you say uh, lab tested because there actually have been a lot of CBD oils and products that are lab tested, third party tested to be THC free. And like, yo, my bro, Justin's a lab, man. He's a third party. He tested (laughs) this shit. Like, who's a third party who tested it? Because we actually had a construction guy get fired. Um, Disa, uh, I think. uh, Disa nuts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most people, uh, most standard conventional tests go to, oh man, I can't remember the concentration, 0.03. Yep. um, THC. uh, What is it? Grams per milliliter of Mm -hmm. uh, urine. Yeah. and uh, DISA goes down to 0.01. Okay. Uh, so a lot, a lot of our clients require a little bit more strict drug testing policies, obviously, because we're dealing with um, very, very volatile chemicals and gases and things. So uh, we actually had a construction guy that was using CBD. That's all he was using. Um, you know, I don't know firsthand if that's the truth, but he failed it like within that tolerance. If it would have been a standard drug test, he would have passed. But because it was a DISA drug test, uh, he failed it, and it's, you know it's just immediate disqual or immediate termination at that point. We'll hit more into the CBD topic later on, yeah. uh, and, and oh god, dude, it's just under a week from now actually that we're going to have Norm on. So, and Nick, I'm super curious to talk to you about that again. I'm on, I'm on the shit, bro. Are you back on CBD? Are you? Yeah, <laughs> I have been for about six weeks. Yeah, um, you seen a benefit since I said I'll talk about it? I don't, it? I don't know. Okay, I think so. You think so? 
I think so. I think we'll, so. we can save that for the yeah. end show. We'll we'll hit it more later on. Um, so really, it brings me back into the conversation um, topic. You said you've seen better rest without caffeine. You've seen better things. You've seen better changes. And Nick, kind of your question, and and where I want to go is how has this sacrifice September changed you? What did you take away from Sacrifice September that you're going to carry on through hopefully the rest of your life, at least through the next few months? Justin. Uh, I'm definitely not going to get back to drinking two fucking bangs a day and maybe a <laughs> cup of coffee. Like, that was that was unhealthy and insane. Like, I Can you imagine what your day would have been like today had you taken in all that shit? Oh, there's no way. You'd have a fucking heart attack. I'd have a heart attack, 100%. And like there were times when I was really stressed out where I'd drink that shit and like something would go down at work where my heart would feel like it was going to explode. And I was still struggling with staying awake. Um, So I think a lot of what I took out of it was uh, not fucking ODing on caffeine and, uh, you know, being like a fucking meth addict on uh, caffeine. And um, it's also helped a lot with my hydration. You mentioned that. Mm hmm. I, I, like just my well-being generally it's like okay all, all i'm gonna drink is water or you know squirt some mio in it or some shit and i've been drinking a lot of water because the the you know the the sodas even if they're diet they're filling um uh and sleep as well um trying to make sure i go to bed at a reasonable hour i've always struggled with like just laying awake in bed for a fucking hour plus and trying to go to sleep yeah um so yeah the three like basic things that sound super basic like don't drink fucking 600 milligrams of caffeine a day <laughs> having a reasonable amount of water and getting a good amount of sleep that i was just not doing that because of you know the, a lot of stress and shit going on with work where it was just constantly in that uh, uh, loop, you, it's it, hard to bust out of it. You, you semi-mock yourself saying it's as silly as it sounds, those three basic things, but, man, anybody who heard about Sacrifice September, whatever we said we were doing, the biggest response I got out of everybody was caffeine. Anybody who heard the caffeine part was like, fuck that, that no. Yeah. Like, there are friends who actually tried to join us that was and my initial reaction do the too. caffeine. I mean, it was... Well, you guys are fucking pussies. <laughs> yeah! God damn it. Mm. You know what I'm fucking super tired of hearing people say? I can't? Yeah, man, I would do that, but I just can't do this. I just can't give up this. I just can't do that. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, quit making excuses like that. Like, that's that's the reason why... Any goal that you have that you haven't fucking gotten to, that's the whole reason why. It's because the moment it gets hard, you fucking give up. Do you know how many days... Sorry, oh, I'm going to rant a little go, bit. Dude, how preach many, it. How many days this month I woke up and didn't want to do that fucking workout? Most of them. Most of them, especially the last like 10, maybe the last 12. 48 but, days but, for me. But I, I even... <laughs> what? 48 days this month. That's how bad it was. Dude, that's how it <laughs> felt, right? Dude, like, I, would, I would wake up in the morning. Like I would wake up, I started waking up like five, five or 10 minutes before my alarm because I had just been so used to like getting up and not snoozing it at all. So my body would just wake up right before my alarm, which Mm -hmm. was nice, but I would wake up and I would start to have like anxiety about, fuck, I got to get up and do all that shit right now. I really don't want to fucking do that. And I was in Dallas. So dude, this was fucking awful. The night of the wedding, wedding ends at, what, 11.15, I left, and yeah. I started my hour and 45-minute drive to the drop zone. I got to the drop zone at 1 a.m., slept in my car, woke up at 5 a.m., and did that fucking workout, ran on their runway, 
they Heath was actually kind enough to find someone who built a, a pull-up bar in their hangar, like a standalone pull-up bar that you'd buy at Walmart for fifty dollars, and it was a huge piece of shit. I couldn't <laughs> like it was you couldn't kip. I couldn't kip because there's a bar right in front of me, and because it would actually move on the ground, it would almost <laughs> come up off the ground like it was going to tip over. And so all my shit, all the form scary. of of doing an efficient pull-up is is out the window. And that I, I I had the thought of like, man, if I don't do this. If I don't do this today, no one in the fucking world's going to know. Yeah. I'm going to walk back across the fucking runway. I'm going to walk inside and no one's going to no one's going to know or give a shit that I didn't do this today. But you know what? I fucking said I was going to. You're never going to let yourself live it down if you had. No, no, it would eat me alive. But man, I'm so fucking I did 3000 pull-ups with a 20-pound vest on this month. <laughs> I didn't skip a single fucking one of them. I want to lick your pecs right now. Dude, they're <laughs> fucking salty. Dude, you should smell that weight vest. It's fucking awful. It's salty. I drove, I drove home with that in, my, in the van. It was actually worse when I drove to Dallas with it in the van because it was still sweaty because I had just finished my mm-hmm. workout when I drove to Dallas. God, it is terrible. It smells like, like you know the smell when you open a bag of like, uh, uh, not sour cream and onion, but like... Uh, there's the smell of, of these salt and vinegar? salt and vinegar chips. Yes, yeah. perfect. Bag of salt and vinegar chips. That's what my entire van smelled like, and that smell was me, man. It was awful. It was all you. It was terrible. But but man, any any goal you've got that you decided you set out on in the moment that it started to suck and you quit, man. Part of me wants to tell people, hey, you know, dig deeper. You got it. And then part of me wants to say, hey, you're a lazy fucking piece of shit. And you're never going to amount to anything. And every day that you don't do what you said you were going to do, you're just going to keep proving me right. So I don't know which one of those messages people need to hear and which one I need to hear. Because, man, I, I, I love hearing about people do hard shit. Stephen recommended a book to me that I was listening to all last month, which is really helpful, which I'm pretty sure I mentioned, Yay. called uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And man, to hear this guy's story, the the suffering that this guy was willing to put himself through for mostly no good reason <laughs> is super inspiring to me because it's like, man, no, no matter how hard this is, this difficult thing, no matter how shitty this is, someone has done something worse. And you know what? I'm a person just like they are. So I'm going to fucking suck it up. I'm going to eat this shit sandwich and I'm going to get it done because I said I was going to. And I think that's what I took mostly away from this month is it's like, man, I can like... It it took a lot of me to complete this goal, but that doesn't mean I can't put that same amount of myself on the line for whatever goal it is and for whatever excuse I've made about whatever goal and whatever. Like, it's so easy when something's difficult to explain to yourself like, oh, well, this is harder for me than it is for anyone else because of this reason. And it's like, no, that's not true. It's hard for everybody. So, so suck it up. Decide what you want to do, what you want to get good at, what you want to work on, whatever your goal is. Decide Pick what you're going to do and stick to it. And with enough time and enough, you know, stubborn dedication, it doesn't matter what your goal is. You're going to find your way there. Man, it's I, I love what you just said, man. And and ultimately, that is what I got the most out of. There's other things I got. But first of all, I want to I just want to preach and promote the gospel of David Goggins, man. Dude, he's a fucking he's a he's a he's an animal. That if man. you're listening to this, pull your car over right now because you shouldn't be typing while you're driving. I'm Asian and those two things don't mix. But like go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Look for David Goggins, G-O-G-G-I-N-S. And if you have no other exposure to David Goggins except for his visit on Rogan, that alone will fucking inspire you. I really thought he was full of shit. After listening to him on the Rogan podcast, uh-huh. I was like, no, nah, there's no way. Like, he's embellishing. 
he's making some of this stuff up. But then you like listening to his his book can't hurt me. It was like, well, oh, this is all military stuff. This is all like you can't lie about this shit. You can't say that you were on, you know, boat team two and buds and and with Chris Kyle and all these all these super prominent military names and have people not call you out on that shit. That's just not going to fly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of it's unbelievable. And the 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 pull up world record. I'm sure you listened to to that part. Yeah. But I was listening to that while doing pull-ups, while I'm trying to bitch about my hands coming apart on 100 pull-ups, and he's doing thousands of them. Yeah, I could probably keep going. He's just knocking them out like it's nothing, man. I listened to David Goggins. Check him out for sure. Like, so super huge inspiration. I How many times during my ride, particularly my 100-mile ride, but really the 100-mile ride was not my worst ride. Um, it, it was the worst total sum. But I did a few different rides where I pushed as hard as I physically could, pushed my heart rate for 165 uh, beats per minute. Was I, I kept it there for 50 straight minutes on a ride and the highest resistance I could handle till my legs cramped. And I told you last time, I did it till my legs cramped and I could ride through the cramps and I kept going and kept going until I could get through it. I did it again until I couldn't do anything else and I had like I just froze up. I stopped. Caught my breath, tried to ride, couldn't, tried to ride, and just kept fighting through it, man. And Goggins, the entire time, I thought about this dude shitting blood down his fucking... <laughs> I'm not shitting blood down my legs yet. That, I'm not that, that bad that off, man. There are so many worse things. And, and I also thought regularly about you. Because I'm sitting here going... I'm riding this fucking bike stationary in my house watching some stupid redneck show on Discovery Channel. Yeah, you're chilling inside of the AC. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm running outside in a fucking rainstorm. I mean, dude, when it got hot, I did turn on the fan next to my <laughs> bike. I, I, I only had a fan one day, and it was during the long ride. But back to it, man. I, I don't know how many times I thought I want to quit. I actually said I want to quit out loud mm-hmm. so many times. How many times did that happen to you? <sighs> man... I don't know what there there were only a couple really dark times where I wanted to quit because I just was so unhappy about doing it. Like I, I wanted to quit plenty of times because it's like, man, this is fucking hard. Like this is a difficult thing and I feel like shit and every part of my body doesn't want to be doing this right now. There were Tyler a lot- sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> there were lots of those, lots of those moments where it just felt like, you know, being hit by a fucking car over and over until the, the workout was done. But there's a, a big feeling of accomplishment after I've done this workout that I didn't want to do. But uh, the, in, in Dallas the last few days, that was really the most, the most ground down I had felt, especially after like achieving the goal, like the time that I wanted to have for the month and really going all out and really putting it all like I really, really prepped for that workout. Like I knew, I knew that if it was going to happen this month, that I was going to make that time, it was going to be that day for sure. And I knew from, I mean, just, just watching how my body would recover through, through the, these workouts where it would be like, I'd go really hard. And then the next day my time would be shit because my body was totally spent and I hadn't had a rest day to recover. So I was still recovering through the workout. So I kind of got a feel for how that cycle was. And so I knew when I was going to be ready to, to go at it hard again. And so... Um, after the shorter version, after after I knew that that goal had been checked off the list, it was just like God, I got I got to fucking keep doing this, <laughs> and I don't, I really don't want to. But I said, like, because I said so. Like that phrase went through my head a million times, of like, hey, do you think you have integrity? Fucking prove it today. 
hey, like you, you expect other people to hold up their ends of deals and bargains. You expect other people to do the right thing when nobody's looking. Do it today. And so that yeah, there were there were a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of the moments where I wanted to, to quit because it sucked, but only a few moments where I wanted to quit because I was just fucking completely demoralized by the whole thing. There was, I think, last uh, two weeks ago, you mentioned that you maybe on the show, maybe not on the show. You worked out to the point that you were on the edge of tears. Yeah, I didn't fully cry, but I get that. I get there on the edge, you know. Yeah, that's what inspired that last workout. Not not the hundred mile ride, but my last hardcore break myself workout. I did it about five six days before the hundred mile ride, just because I actually did it shortly after our conversation because I knew I needed to be recovered. I I couldn't be completely beat down for that and and that man i've never worked out so hard that i was at that edge i never have and so for me ultimately i think you know and i think most people who listen know my goal wasn't really sacrifice september so sacrifice september uh, a guy named brian schmidt on facebook asked why did i quit caffeine was there a health benefit and actually probably there's some health benefit but it just was a personal challenge, and in the whole month, I think you did it just to stick it to me. No, I, uh, <laughs> dude, I fuck. That was that. It was. I picked things that I hated. I picked things that I can't. I can't quit caffeine. I cannot not have a cup of coffee yeah, anymore. Ca- caffeine was it was a good call. It was a good. Yeah, challenge. I like that too. Yeah, I cannot not do that. That's why it's called sacrifice September, right? It's it's fucking pick the thing that's going to be hard. And back to it, almost everybody said, fuck you, when I said no caffeine. Everybody's like, that's crazy. And there are a few people out there. Uh, Joel Brooks, I'm sure you would guess, joined us through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few other people. I think Francisco actually joined us through his own version of Sacrifice yeah, September. Yeah, he was having a, a, no, a no cheat day month, and I think he was exercising quite a fair bit. Dude, we talked uh, this weekend while you were in uh, Dallas. He's like, yo, bro, so uh, what's your plans for October 1st? And he told me his entire plans for today. Like I, <laughs> that's why I knew his breakfast. I knew his breakfast, his haircut, his workout. His I do. I know everything that boy was doing today because he cherished that moment. I'm saving my first reward meal for the speakeasy. I, I've okay speakeasy. All right, uh, that'll be good. But I want to point out this this key difference in our in our language that I've constantly referred to these days as cheat days and cheat meals. And you refer to them as reward meals, yes. and you seem to pick that word very consciously. You, you, you want to tell me about that? I earn it, dude. I got to work hard every day. So cheating me, like it's so easy for me to cheat. It's so easy for me to like use cheat codes on a video game to to like sneak at somebody's game paper jingy, to yeah, get yeah. The, to, 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 <laughs> to sneak at somebody's paper and get the right answer to cheat on a test to, to do whatever. Cheat is just such an easy cop out. Reward is an earned thing. And I don't really care. There's a, not a right or wrong for you or for me. It's just for me and me alone that there's a right or wrong. And every time I work out, every time I do what I do, I do it knowing that I'm going to earn that meal. Man, sad Thursday morning was the wedding, right? I knew I was going to cheat that day. That was my cheat day. That was my reward day. So I fucking got up that morning Went to the fucking hotel uh, gym, which, by the way, the fucking Worthington Renaissance in which that name alone should tell you, it's a pretty nice hotel. It was a nice hotel. They had a great fitness center, a great fitness facility. Unfortunately, the spin bike was broken. Um, the seat just wouldn't stop moving around. Any of the upright bikes were not where they uh, were being used. And so it was, it was down a recumbent bike with shitty foot pedals. So it did, I just horrible rhythm, horrible pace. And it was a fucking ball breaker it was a 
actually one of my more difficult mental rides. I'm like, no, man, I'm going to earn today. I'm going to, man, that fucking wedding cake tonight, right now, I'm getting it. So that's where the word reward just really becomes important to me, is is I earn every day. I, I earn everything. And what I took away the most from for this month wasn't, so so we do sacrifice September as, as proving to yourself you can do whatever you want. You know, it, for me, I want to run my business a certain way. I need to wake up and do these things on the computer. I need to work on this program. I need to get this done, whatever. I, I make excuses to why I can't. But snooze button, that was a big deal for me this month as well, is I'm not going to hit the snooze button. I'm going to wake up every morning. I hit the snooze button one day this month. It was one of the days that I was sick two different days. Like I was been fighting a cold the entire month with no recovery. So that's why I think I've been fighting the cold the entire month. And the first bad day of sick is the first day I hit the snooze button and woke up on the second time. Other than that, no snooze button. Other than that, wake up and hit my workout first thing. And I feel like a fucking champion. I won two battles first thing every morning. I, if nothing else happens today, I won those two battles. And now when I sit down at that desk to work, I can do this. When I go to the drop zone to knock out this thing, I can do this. When I go to confront this problem, I can do this. When I'm dealing with drunk, none of it matters anymore, man. I'm emotion. I spent too much emotion to fucking worry about your bitch ass, Nick. Not really you, but I, it, it's it's. But it's that's an easier bit. way to think about problems, right? For sure, things, dude. Things seem less unsurmountable when you've already had a few victories in the day. Yeah. So sacrifice September was about that. But as as I mentioned before, I really went through some worries about my health, about my fitness. You know, the small worries were having some bad physical reports from my uh, from my annual physical the last couple of years. Nothing major, nothing massive. And then another one this year that had me back in the labs a few different times. I shared the story with you. It just just a little frightening, a little bit concerning. Uh, fortunately, just a small scare, but enough to say fuck it. They tell you every or every week. Five days a week, 30 minutes minimum of cardio. You need to cut out simple carbs. You need to cut out simple sugars. This is a lifestyle you all should live every fucking day. And I've been taught that since I was a child. Since I was a wee little fucker, dude. I'm still a wee little fucker, though. Um, but we don't take that serious because, man, at 30 years old, I could eat three pizzas. I had Not three, but probably two. I could eat whatever I wanted. It didn't matter. And today it suddenly matters. So I did, before this month start. Committed to what we did this month before I decided I need to get in shape and do what I do. Coincidentally, it worked out to what I needed to do. Um, and the things I've taken away is this month was a start, and man, my rest of my life is going to be easy. Because this week will be the only week that I'm not following the workout of five days a week, getting my 30 minutes or more of cardio. I'm looking for 45 minutes a day of cardio. Um, two rest days. I am not going to get all five days this week because yesterday was day one. I am resting today. Um, I'm probably resting tomorrow because I'm just trying to beat this cold and I need to just get a little extra sleep and, and make sure I'm over it. But after that, Thursday, Friday, back at it. Saturday, Sunday, my day's off. Monday through Friday, back at it. I am just going to wake up at 5.15 every day from now on. I am going to work out every morning from now on. There's, why shouldn't I? I can't is no longer an excuse. Why wouldn't you? Work? Why wouldn't you? Work? <laughs> no, I, there's it's no longer an excuse. I can't. You 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 said it earlier, man. I I can't. I ask people at work all the time to do certain things, and it's so great because I'll ask you to do something, and even when you don't want to, I've seen you actually look at me begrudgingly and do something. Oh, yeah. that that I do that. 
Yeah, yeah. But sorry, world. But the thing is, and and if you have a friend who looks at you begrudgingly and still does it, that's the friend I am most thankful for. Because when Justin wants to do something and then does it, thank you. I cannot thank that person enough. But you begrudgingly do it, that was harder for you. That was more difficult for you. So don't get mad or upset that somebody does it begrudgingly. Be excited that they, despite their fucking personal feelings, said, I am willing to do that for you. That That's a fucking compliment, dude. I, I think that's a common answer that I, that I give. That I try not to be offensive, but just trying to be more matter-of-fact of like, hey, I really don't want to do that right now, but if you need me to, I can do it. Yeah. So like, I'm not saying I'm happy to help at the, this present moment, but if you need someone to do that fucking thing, yeah, I, I'll do it. Not only should you be honored and respected that that is somebody's answer, at the same time, do not... Be afraid. Don't exploit that person. Yeah, to say, <laughs> cool, you know what? Not this time. Because I think I've had those conversations with you as well, mm-hmm. where you've said, ah, and I'm like, you know what? No, I got somebody else, buddy. Don't worry about it. Um, and there's times where you're like, yeah, no, nah, I'll, I'll do it. So, man. There are a lot of times in life where I'm genuinely happy to help when, when someone asks, especially if it's someone else who's, you know, in general, a helpful person. Like Stephen Boyd is a perfect example of that in my mind. I've seen Stephen go out of his way a lot to do things for for other people. It's like, man, if Stephen needs something, God, I'm there, dude. Like I'm fully there. And uh, so, so sometimes I like it and I really enjoy helping. And there's a feeling of of gratification that comes with it. And then sometimes it's just just kind of the situation what you're describing of like, I don't want to, but I understand what it's like to to need help. And I'm someone who's not great at asking for help. I don't know how easy it is for for every person to reach out to someone and say, "Hey, I need I need your help right now." But like, <laughs> I don't know why I have it in my head. Like in my head, you remember the Dare shirts? Dare say no to drugs. Yeah. Like in my head, it's like say no to help. Because but fuck yeah, because I the offered more you, you water the other day and you wouldn't take it. <laughs> and it sounds like a move I'd make. But it's like, hey, the more the more I can be self sufficient. Like, I love when I'm carrying my mess of shit to the car. And someone says, hey, man, do you need help? And I say, no, because I don't need help. I fucking got it. And the less often you need to take help, the more self-sufficient you become, right? That's that's how I think of it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I don't need help. I need the I need the extra trip to the car. It's going to do me good. Yeah. We were at Nick and Paula. No, Heath and Paula. <laughs> <laughs> we were at Heath and Paula's wedding. And yeah. We were doing the family photos. Uh-huh, and I was holding that camera for far too long. And I walked up, and it was hot as shit, and I asked about something and uh, offered you a water. You're like, no, no, I can get one later on. And I walk. I said, fuck it. I'm here as the best man. My job is to support whatever's going on to help this family out. And that includes the people who were helping the family out, you and Zach and whatnot. So I walked in, got a water, brought it back, and set it down behind you and said, hey, the water's right there turn around and turn back around and it was gone. It was gone. You chugged the shit up. I mean, it was yeah. a little tiny, like, nick size glass. Fuck you. <laughs> but you, you won't take help. You just won't. Just like it. Just like being, I just like saying no to stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I So I struggle with that, <laughs> no, man. Say no to help. I'll, I'll walk out with my hands completely full on my way to the car. And regularly people will say, do you need any help? And I my common answer is always no. I don't need help. Could I use help? Sure. Do I need it? No. And part of it is, is I don't want to exploit that help. So the day I need help, like, yo, bro, I need help. Yeah, someone's going to listen, right? Yeah. If you're the person that never asks for help, yeah. when you actually need something, it's going to have some more weight, right? Yeah. So the thing that I've changed my mind about recently, and I say recently over the last probably couple years, is me asking for help is one thing. Me receiving help is another thing. 
So when somebody says, yo, man, can I carry something for you? Can I give you a hand? Usually they want to help you. It's their desire. And at some point, am I being so selfish that I want to turn down what you want to do? And somebody wants to help me. And this is kind of a vain way to think of it. But people like me enough, people are either honored enough or friendly enough or enjoy my company enough that they want to help me. Why should I deny them that opportunity to help me? Because they obviously want to, they wouldn't offer. Because do you ever walk down a sidewalk, see somebody carrying something that you don't like and offer to help them? Sure. Yeah. Most people will say no. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Most like, oh, I hate Justin. He's a fucking ginger. Man, I ain't gonna, <laughs> man, fuck that dude. Just let him carry his He's shit. He's gonna steal my soul. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's, if they're, uh, if you see somebody and you're offering to help them, it's usually because you like them or you want to. So I, 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 I tr- <laughs> and it makes you feel better to do it. Yeah. I just like to help, I like to help people that make, that make me think of my mom, really. Like when I think hi, about, hi mom, I'm gonna see her tomorrow. When I think about, uh, I'll see her tonight. <laughs> hey, mom you dirty little lady <laughs> but when i think about my mom being lost or like she needs directions or she's carrying something heavy out of a store or whatever it is i would like to think that there's some young gentleman that's gonna say hey ma'am can i can i help you carry that can i help you put that in the car can i help you do whatever so like m- middle-aged ladies having a struggle i love to help those ladies i love to like even just brighten their their day up like just just bullshit with those with those ladies because I just think about hey if my mom was this was this person in the situation man man I hope someone would help her so I think that that's I try to put those in the those favors in the bank that hopefully someone's paying that forward to my mom when somebody offers you help think of it the way you feel when you help somebody and really it, it's that's the hard part for me is I'm like you I want I don't need your help I, I I could use it but I don't need it I want to get this stuff done myself I have a better sense of accomplishment. I am self-sufficient. I am independent. I don't need the help. I can do this. But, man, you know what? I will enjoy the company. You're going to help me walk my stuff to my car. I'm going to get one extra minute of your company, whoever you are. We're going to exchange pleasantries. We might click somewhere we wouldn't. I feel like that person, that person who I'm going to enjoy having that walk with, is probably the same person who's going to help me when I tell them no, who's going to get me the glass of water when I said, no, I don't need one. Or the person who says, "Hey, dude, you need you need help carrying that?" No, man, I'm good. No, here, just let me let me let me take it. Let me take it. No, dude, I'm good. No, I'm gonna grab it. Okay, cool. Like that's usually the person that I would want to spend that walk with. Anyway, you want to? Oh no, <laughs> you want? But you said don't the take walk. it. Up. No, Aww. we're not jumping to any conclusions here. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, this whole month, really, the eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. Um, we, we know through this show, actually, I, I'd done most of my weight loss through the journey of this show and I started, uh, right at 200 pounds and I got down, my goal was 170 and ultimately my goal became to be 168 to 172. 170 was my middle point. And before this month started, I got to 172 to 175 is where I was hovering. I went five pounds up basically that I wanted to be. And my goal was to get down to 160. And it was the hover goal, again, you know, 160, 158 to 162-ish kind of goal. And very quickly I said, why the fuck? 160 is my goal. That should be the heaviest I ever am again. Um, so now my goal is to be in the 150s, 
maxing out at 160. You know, if I'm weighing in at 160.07, I'm not going to be mad at myself. I'm just going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, you know, 160 is, is the three numbers. I can't see anything higher. And I am consistently weighing in at 164 right now. Um, my goal, man, that's still pretty fucking awesome to to go from 200 pounds to 164 pounds. Oh, dude, that's a, that's pretty good, man. And realistically, I lost 25 to 30 of it only through diet changes, only through the way I feed my face. Nothing else. You actually you inspire me, and I regularly live by this statement now. Although I don't completely believe it anymore, I can enjoy what I'm eating for 15 minutes, or I can feel good about what I ate for 23 hours. You know, I might have paraphrased what you said. Yeah, that sounds like a thought I would have. I just don't yeah. remember saying that. No, you've, you've, you've told me that. I think you've said it on the show. And I really went to the thought processes. Dude, I love food. It's great. When it comes to food, I am not a prejudiced motherfucker. I love I, almost all of it. Put it in my mouth. I feel like I've mentioned this before, but like the reason that food and sex are both so satisfying is because it's the two things that... that we need to continue human species, right? Like to pay, to pay to pass your genes on to keep surviving. You got to fuck something and you got to eat something. Right? So <laughs> those two experiences have the potential to be very rewarding. They can coexist. Sometimes you got to eat it before you fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> or af- or after. <laughs> yeah, no, no, waste not, want not, brother. Um, so I I love food, but I I, cha- I lost most of my weight just through changes of diet, and that back was an inspiration to you. And then the rest of it, I think, really needed to come down to fitness. And then when my doctor two years, a year and a half ago said, hey, bro, your numbers are a little bit elevated, not high, not not crazy, but you're just starting to see the warning signs, just starting to. I really focused on my diet a little bit better, and that didn't change it enough. So it became, I need to really work out and exercise. And mushy moment, but man, you have been such a huge inspiration to my physical fitness, my physical health, my physical well-being. I don't know how many times I thought of you when I was on that bike this week thinking about or this month thinking about not just what you were doing and going like, well, I'm being a bitch because he's working out way harder than me. But just thinking about the dedication you have, the the purpose and the drive you have in anything you do. And to know that I'm going to walk away from this month. You know, I'm, I got a vacation coming up in a couple of weeks. It's, it's a 10 day vacation. And my goal is the majority of that vacation to stay on my workout regiment. And actually, during that vacation, my goal is to actually work out on days off that I would normally keep on because I am going to reward myself while I'm on vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely uh, enjoy, I don't go crazy on vacation with reward food, but I, at the same time, I, I am very happy to say yes to a cup of ice cream at night. I'm very happy to eat that dessert at dinner. I'm very happy to enjoy whatever it is. I just don't go crazy with portions. So I've decided on work on, on cruise days, on, on vacation days, my workouts just need to stay there. They might change what kind of workout they are, you know, I, because I might not always have a bike accessible. Um, man, there was a cutaway the other day. Um, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, anyways, uh, Josh O. And it was coming straight down, and I thought I was going to catch it. I thought, man, like I caught that cutaway for our, our project. I thought I was going to catch the motherfucker, and it hit a grand, and it started blowing. And the winds picked up at a grand. So I started jogging after it. And then they started blowing hard. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to catch it. But I said, fuck it. I'm going to jog all the way to where I get this. And I got to where it was and zero winded, zero issues. I mean, no problems. I heard the four-wheeler coming up behind me. So I stopped jogging. I started going, <laughs> like, I got to beat the four-wheeler. There's no way I'm going to beat me. So I, I, I ran. I straight ran at it. And I got to there. I'm like, man, this is good. I'm worried about my knees with runs, but I think 
just getting in better shape with my knees. That's one question I've had about my knees. So this month, man, I have taken a lot away personally, but I think physically it's been a hugely rewarding month. And I think it's opened my life back up. You know, my life goal. I think I've said it on the show. Yeah. To be a 90 year old man, walk with my wife. I need to be physically, emotionally, and financially and mentally healthy to do that at 90 years old. Financially, that's work, that's business, that's retirement. Val and I are working on that. We're in an okay place with that. Physically, I don't feel bad at 45 years old. I look better than the average 45-year-old, but man, I think this month has opened up the access to that 90-year-old dream for real. I, I think it really has helped solidify my investment in the future of my life. So thanks, man. Well, I'm, I really am flattered that you've you know, thought, thought about me in those, in those shitty times. <laughs> like I, I, I know, I know the things that I, you know, I, you know, I, and I thought about you through, through a fair bit of it too, again, because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's easy to use love and positivity as motivation. And sometimes it's easy to use the opposite of like, just, just being upset. It's like, man, why did you bring him the stupid fucking running idea? <laughs> like, like, you know, and sometimes that's, that's the, like that feeling is the fuel I use to just keep going. I think I, I probably used this super inappropriate term once before about hate fucking a workout. Yes. Of like, you're just going to like do this terrible thing back to the thing that sucks. So but you just hate fuck DJ through the workout. Kind of, yeah. How did it feel? <laughs> Was it as disappointing as it is for most people? I didn't feel a thing. What's yep. it like pedaling with just a like, raging boner? Dude, my ass is so sore. <laughs> Have you ever sat on a bike for 100 miles? Why Unrelated to the hate fucking. <laughs> Completely. But, dude. Have yeah, you could take that, no problem. Oh, That's my it. God. <laughs> Sitting on that bike seat. I stood up during several portions of the ride just to give my ass a break. Mm-hmm. I actually found out on a stationary bike, you can put one hand on the seat and one hand on the handlebar and balance yourself there for about 20 seconds comfortably. Because 20 seconds is bliss. About every 10 minutes. So, oh, 20 God seconds damn. of not ass grinding into the seat. Oh, dude, my ass. I like, even right now, <laughs> I sat on a hard stool out there earlier today and I could still feel it. The two things that hurt the most, like my muscles, they're fairly recovered. I had a hot soak. I've been rubbing down. I've been doing things. But my ass is super sore from that seat, even though I'm wearing padded things. And I'm wearing the wrong shoes. I still don't have my bike shoes yet. But the back of my heel right here, if you look closely, you can see the slight discolorization. Um, right above my ankle from the shoes digging into the back of my feet. So these both are bruised. And like today I put on a pair of shoes to go to the post office. I'm like, nope, those aren't going to be the right shoes. So I had to find softer shoes just so my bitch ass ankles wouldn't hurt. Were you wearing any of those uh, sweet Option Studios jerseys when you were exercising? No, I was not. I was actually uh, wearing these sweet biker shorts. But man, check out that Option Studio jersey I'm wearing right now. Man, they do make really good jerseys. So, man, first of all, uh, we, we are doing our ads uh, since we have no guests inside the show, something that we used to do, and it got awkward with guests, but we're going to throw it back out the ad real quick, and I cannot thank Option Studios enough. Option Studios has sponsored Grab Lab Radio from the beginning. They helped create Adam Buckner, the principal designer, came up with Monty and the Gravity Lab Radio logo. We had a 10-minute phone conversation, which we had another 10-minute phone conversation today because he's designing my new rig. Oh, I can't wait to see it, dude. What? I cannot wait, man. I, I, I gave him some ideas. I pulled up like several different rigs. Talk, actually talked about yours a little bit and how like I didn't like Nick's because it was so bitch. Um, so something I'm a basic than, bitch, dude. I can't help. Is there something other than red and black on it? 
Uh, yes. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know the colors anymore because I was going with like a blue and gold kind of theme. And as we talked today, he's like, uh, I'm not sure about the colors anymore. I'm like, cool. No red, no pink, really avoiding neon colors because they fade. He goes, uh, I'm like, neon colors can be accents. He goes, okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going. Have you seen Jesse James' new rig? Oh, I'm not sure what's Jesse like. James. She is an Aussie gal, if I remember where she's from, right? Oh man, no wonder it's so fucking hot in here. The thermostat got turned way up. Um, my wife is, yeah, dude, it gets so hot in this room. Um, I feel totally fine. Yeah, I I get burning burning it up. Um, it, it is. It's a really good looking rig, man. It's super sweet. Uh, but Gravity Lab Radio, no, we're Gravity Lab Radio. Um, Option Studios, <laughs> derp, derp, derp. Um, Option Studios, man, I cannot thank them enough. They make super, hold on, I'm going to look up this. I need to. You're doing a really bad job of this so I far. I am, man. Option <laughs> Studios makes really nice jerseys that uh, DJ's wearing one right now. I've uh, always been a jumpsuit guy, and the, the comfort of the jersey has let me uh, be like one of the, these cool oh, young hey, kids. I have one on, too. Hey, you are rocking the yeah, shit out of that jersey. Yeah. But all these cool kids that want to just jump in their street clothes, I never really liked that. I, oh, I just, you mean the guys that do solo backflies? <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> don't be that guy. Man, if you're out there doing solo sit jumps, talk talk to somebody who knows how to free fly. Stop doing it. But uh, my Option Studios jerseys are super comfortable. They they have vents on the side so they don't inflate like, uh, like a lot of other, uh, especially thicker shirts will. And uh, they keep you a little cooler in the in the summertime. I noticed, yeah, and they're a little bit longer. The length, yeah, the length will yeah. stay in your. In so you your don't have to worry about better, like when yeah. you open up them, riding up and all that crap. Yeah. Collars nice. They're articulated. So something that's really weird that people don't realize or think about: wear your average shirt and raise your hands. It's going to raise the bottom of your shirt up and show your belly button. Put an Option Studios jersey on. Pull the shirt all the way down. Raise your hands and notice the bottom seam of the shirt barely moves. And the idea is, is we're, is we're flying, reaching up for toggles as we're flying. Our hands are up for any given reason. We're reaching for any given reason above our head. I thought he was just a very conservative Christian man who was a, a, a adverse to showing the midriff. Yeah, there were. I man, <laughs> if I remember right, I, version one point was never released of Option Studio jerseys. I actually have do, version one in my closet. Do I have a version one I don't think so. I the, don't. The, the first red and blue ones. Um, no, I don't think so okay. because I think they were only blue. If you have one that is like ten times bigger than the size it says. Then yes, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, and I, I say ten times bigger. Like I have a large, and it probably is closer to a double X than a large. Goddamn Chinese people. Yeah, so it was it was crazy. <laughs> um, actually, he has them sewn in America. He has them made, produced, built in America, which to me is is a super cool feature. I mean, we live in a global economy. We live in a global world. Um, definitely appreciate and respect that. But man, I do love things. Built in America. I, I'm not going to be snobby, but local economy, local culture is something I've always agreed on. Um, it is local to where he is. It is built locally to his his. Uh, he, he's in New Mexico. That's cool. I didn't I didn't actually know that. That, that is news to me. For odd, odd reasons, he doesn't advertise that, and uh, nor am I supposed to talk about it. So there you go, Adam. I love you, America. Oh, I found out today a Taiwanese foot is ten inches. Yeah. Oh, by the by way, the Jesse yeah. Kaiser. She just tuned in. Huge fucking shout out to Jesse Kaiser. Jesse Kaiser owns the Loft, the bar, oh, pub, the pe- pizza joint. Yeah, yeah. the pizza. I, joint. I beat Jv and Doll in a pizza eating contest at the Loft. That's impressive because he can place. eat. <laughs> the Loft killer food. If you're ever up in White, right? You're ever up in Dallas. Hit up the Loft. Jesse and her crew have killer food. One of the very first people I ever met in Dallas. Period was Jesse. 
I went to the drop zone that evening, met a couple people at the DZ because it was closing. That evening, a buddy, Brad Patterson, took me to the loft. We sat down and I had dinner in front of Jesse. She was the bartender. Great gal. She also was a wedding coordinator that we just went to. Oh, yeah. Okay. How did how was Dude, that wedding? She, she's a real sweet person. Now I know exactly who you're talking about. It was a great wedding. It went, went off very well. Dude, that was one. That, you know, I've been to a few weddings and with video video projects and stuff. Yeah. And never have I had a wedding coordinator so organized that they actually had time to check on me, ask me if, if they could help me with anything. Super calm, super collected. Didn't seem like anything was rushed, anything was missing. She, she did a very good job. I'll tell you, behind the scenes, there was a couple of things that got a little frenetic for her. I was probably the only person who knew about it because she would just come to me and check in with me. And I think she just, I always checked in with her. So she used me as a little bit of a sounding block and a sounding board. She was knowing that problem. And I know what that problem was. She was so composed throughout. She kept everything smooth and nobody would have a clue anything ever happened. Was it when the girl stomped on Paula's dress and ripped it ripped it apart? No, but she had a plan for that. <laughs> she, did, yeah. she did, dude. <laughs> I mean, she fucking crushed it. So, Jesse, I don't know if you're available as a wedding coordinator on a normal basis, but if you are, people in the Dallas area, I, I've been to uh, my favorite wedding, and I have to say is my own wedding, not because I was at my own wedding. We got married on a private stretch of beach in the fucking Keys. You've seen that sunset picture. Mm-hmm. That was a legit sunset picture. The only editing to color was the vignette on it. There was no editing to the color of the orange of the sky. 13 people at a really posh restaurant. It was, it was just a very small, intimate, on the beach, barefoot wedding. So that's why it's probably my favorite wedding. My t- second favorite wedding is a tie for first place. So take mine away, Critter and Lisa, mm-hmm. Paula and Heath. There's no way you can beat either one of them, and they and, and sorry Jesse, there is a tie. But were you at Critter and No, I wasn't. I think I was in Utah when they got married. Dude, it was an unbelievable wedding, absolutely unbelievable. So Jesse, huge shout out, man, absolutely, guys, gals, hit up the loft, fucking great people, great place. Hey Nick, so check it out, man. Um, swipe to the whatever direction you'll see. That's Jesse uh, Jesse James's rig. Man, that is a nice looking rig. Yeah, I remember seeing that that floral. Uh, yeah, the floral embroidery there. Because it looks like the the shape of it looks like something that was on my grandma's couch, mm-hmm. but the obscene <laughs> uh, pink colors make it super fun. Yeah. So the embroidery, I'm looking for something different than that. Um, I'll tell you, I told Adam something like Louis Vuittonish. Um, if that gives you any idea. Yeah. The, the the you've seen that same Louis Vuitton type of on uh, a couple different infinity. Yeah, rigs. I saw those infinity rigs this weekend in Dallas. They're they're so sharp. Looking. Yeah. So he's got a couple ideas. And man, Option Studios, I can't thank them enough. I actually got a message here that says, uh, your shirts will be ready tomorrow, DJ. You name it, they do it. They create jerseys. They do shirts. All the shirts for the Rating Center, shirts for Gravity Lab Radio. Um, I um, I don't know if he normally goes this far, but I will throw this out. And sorry, Adam, if you, if you don't do things like this normally. But I'm doing a family vacation this month. And what looks shittier... Than family vacation shirts. Oh, so bad. Oh my god, so right? bad. Family vacation shirts or like are family reunion type shit. Total yeah. a hole, man. They're they're horrible. Um, let me see. I'm not. I'm going to. Uh, I have them somewhere, and I'll show them to you, Justin. Because um, Nick, you've seen the shirts already, haven't you? Your family vacation shirts. Yeah, yeah. I don't think <laughs> I showed them to you. I thought. I don't think you made a step from man. Family vacation shirts are super douchey and stupid to I'm having them made. <laughs> so, man, I hit up Adam. I said, <laughs> pretty awesome. I, I hate the cliche family vacation shirts. 
They're shirts that you'll only wear once you'll never wear again. So I hit up Adam, said, man, what's it going to take for me to get good family vacation shirts, shirts that my family will wear forever? So it's my mom and dad, my sister and her husband, me and my wife. So three families coming together. Every family has their own color shirts. We have multiple shirts coming of each, and uh, we have our own design coming. So you name it, they can do it. Stickers, they get all the stickers for Gravity Lab Radio, all the um, uh, stickers for TRC, pull-up cords, wind blades. They do it all. You need any help? Uh, designing, advertising, marketing, branding. He is a one-stop shop. He does it all. He's got all types of designers. Check out Option Studios. Our film festival flyers are done by Option Studios. So, uh, oh, film festival flyers. Hey, Nick. Hey, the film festival's coming right up. It's fucking October. We only got a few more weeks. Dude, October 26th. I have seen one entry already come into us, which was super early, blown away. Thank you, Cody Edgeworth, for being so quick and so eager to get yours in. Uh, Scott Muckleroy, have you talked to him at all about his idea? Nope. You have no clue what he's doing? Gosh, if he mentioned it to me, I, my, you know how bad my memory is. Oh, my God, dude. I won't say a word. I can't say a word. I cannot wait to see how his ideas and his thoughts come to fruition. He's got such wonderful ideas. Jimmy Wynn, of course, is already working on some stuff. Jackson Brockwell, uh, uh, Jackson, yeah, Brockwell has actually talked to you about what he's doing, and he's working pretty hard at what he's got coming. Yeah, I was asked to film a... Uh Drone shot for some some boys working on another video. And when they told me what it was, I was instantly sold on this idea. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Oh, you're talking about Jesse. I'm sorry. Uh, Adam is commenting on some of the things. It was fun to digitize. I believe it was Jesse James's rig that he's talking about right there. Um, so the film festival guys, gals, bring what you have. Have a good time. Make a skit. Make a show. Make some fun. What can you win? Uh, GoPro, G4 helmet. Uh, let's discount on, uh, oh, let's see, we got uh, L&B stuff, we got uh, an Aries 2, and a Protract 2, uh, what, what's, what's Infinity? Atan- uh, Infinity, I, man, god dang it, I need to talk to Blake, so Infinity, better get on it. Infinity, Atande Wee's doing some swoop shorts, yeah, free swoop shorts from Atande Wee, so right there, just on all the free products, we're pushing $2,000, just there alone, $400 for the GoPro, $400 for the Protract 2. That's $800. $430 for the <laughs> helmet. Uh, $350 for the Aries 2. Swoop shorts are a couple hundred dollars. So we're just right there at that edge. Uh, Infinity has traditionally given 20% off an entire rig. That's base price and options, which adds up to be a lot said and done. So that's a huge discount. I do need to hit up our boy Blake Johnson at VSE and, and get that going again. I actually was talking to him today. And uh, 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 Blue Skies Magazine's given a free digital subscription to Blue Skies Magazine. And, uh, man, I want to say, oh, eight free jumps from Skydive Spaceland. Eight Hell yeah. free Get jumps. Em. That's over $200 right there. So there's tons coming. We've got tons going on. Uh, Option Studios, yo, Adam, I still haven't heard what the prize from Option Studios is. So, Adam, if you're still listening, we need to know what the Option Studios prize is. He has done a free custom wind blade. He has done a free uh, uh, custom jersey as well over the last couple of years. Sorry for those people who are just listening. <laughs> Justin just put up the uh, promo video for the film festival. Uh, the first thing I saw was Jimmy's shirtless photo, and I choked a little bit. <laughs> Yo, Adam, are you saying another one-off uh, jersey? Is that another one-off jersey? So Adam Buckner is watching live. He is paying attention, and uh, he yeah. said he will do another, do another one-off. one-off. 
So I'm guessing that is another free custom jersey. Uh, your design, what you want, how you want to do it. Man, Adam fucking kills and crushes the design, and Nick is naked on the screen right now. And, <laughs> I, oh, I was, my God. I so was, distracted. I was wearing underpants in that shot. Dude, He's not like, wearing any underpants. It looks like I'm naked, but I just didn't want to have naked. Like, I thought about building that video. I feel like video, it needs a little bit of volume. Yeah. But I thought about building that video <laughs> with me naked in it. And let's say someone walked into the video room before I had a chance to put the film festival logo over my junk. I just didn't want to have to explain myself. So <laughs> I put on some underpants. I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I saw Heath naked this week. So that was I, great. How was that? <laughs> um, Did you kiss him? No, but I kissed something. Never mind. Uh, you know, we <laughs> Just were, the tip? We were getting ready in my room. Uh, I think you might have been in there when he asked for a T-shirt. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I remember that. And I opened the bathroom door to hand him a T-shirt, but I didn't expect him to be just standing right there, which I've been in a locker room with a bunch of dudes, so no big deal. But I'm like, oh, hey, you're naked. Here's a shirt. Long dick. <laughs> I felt like less of a man, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> So you'll um, learn today. I do want to throw out something with Option Studios here just for one second. And what I want to mention is Option Studios, he did just say that he will uh, pull up. Man, uh, he will. Uh, it is a free custom jersey is a free one of jersey. So custom jersey, whatever you want, however you want it, he will do that. And what I'm doing right now is I'm just clicking on their website. I hope that buzzing's not coming out to the Internet. If it is. Sorry about that, guys. Um, here is the pricing. If you're going to order just one jersey, minimum order is 15. Minimum order for jerseys is 15 jerseys. It's 60 bucks each if you order 15 jerseys. Um, free graphic design comes with orders that are 50 or more, and graphic design is probably going to baseline at 200 some odd dollars. So you're probably looking at a, a three four hundred dollar jersey is what you're I mean. Yeah, but how is. badass is it to have a one of a kind jersey? Dude, like, hey, this jersey yeah. was built just for me. It was m- the design was my idea, dude. I that's, mean, that's badass. Like the laser cats, dude. Jimmy yeah, has it's his. Great, it's beautiful, dude. Gravity Lab Radio jerseys for a while. The only GLR jerseys were ours, and there were like six of them because we had two each. Man, how special was that? Fuck six, man. One. And by the way, if you get that free uh, Option Studios jersey, you're welcome to order a full buttload of them. You can have them designed and customized, whatever you want. And order a dozen if you want you and your homies to get in on it. He is going to give you the first one for free, and then you can order more on top of that. That graphic design is already done, so you're just paying for the jerseys after that. So a huge shout-out to Option Studios. Thank you so much, Adam, for everything you've done. Also, a huge shout-out to Jelly Flea Creative. Jelly Flea is a web design company. They currently host the Rating Center Facebook, or excuse me, Rating Center uh, uh, um, website. website. Thank you. I'm watching this video. There's like that catch right I'm there. I'm watching yeah. it too. Uh, <laughs> website. Um, they have completely redesigned the Rating Center uh, website. I have yet to sit down and do the proof on it. Um, that is actually in my goals for the next two weeks. Is actually I, I've told uh, Kyle. Kyle Henderson owns it. That I'm doing that in the next couple weeks. I do have a couple hiccups because I haven't done it. So uh, Jelly Flea Creative, hit them up. Kyle has done a phenomenal job. I cannot wait to launch our new website. I cannot wait to show the world of what he's done. Uh, jellyflea.com, absolutely wonderful personal custom websites. Uh, SEO, search engine op- uh, uh, optimization, you name it, they do it. They're the place to go. Mm, Chipotle. Mm, how about that quesarito, Nick? Yeah. God, it was so good. Yeah. I'm still choking on my spit a little bit from laughing at the beginning of this video. <laughs> But uh, quesarito, for those of you who aren't in the know, you go to Chipotle, they will make you a quesarito, which is a burrito wrapped in a quesadilla. If you're polite, you're only going to ask them to make it when there's not a line because it takes an extra couple minutes. God, I'm 
dying. I'm dying over here. <laughs> it's a big one. Um, so I want to, uh, uh, man, sacrifice September. I next year. I'm not going to promise we're going to do another sacrifice September next year. That's too far to think ahead. But I'm positive between then and now we'll think of stupid things to convince ourselves to do. Um, dude, Ari Shafir, you know Ari Shafir. Yeah, stand up, stand up comic, good uh, friend of Joe Rogan. He posted a great video. Um, I forget how he he uh, built it, but it was like get hammered October or whatever he built it. I was like, yeah, we've done it all, so fuck it, get hammered October. It's a video out there somewhere, and it's like you know, for every drink you have, it's a point. For every like uh, toke you take, uh, a joint you smoke, it's a point. For a bull, it's half a point. For heroin, it's twenty points. For <laughs> meth, it's like it's time to catch up. This is the serious shit. You're gonna get twenty five points. So uh, Google it, look it up, man. Ari Shavir. I wish I could remember what the name of it was. But Kill it, Yourself October, yeah, I guess. Dude, it was absolutely fucking ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. Um, Blair Smith said, I'm listening for the chat, but watching to see Nick nude. So, Yeah, I'll take my pants off. Blair, are you coming for the reunion? Are you going to be here uh, later on this month, buddy? So I want to uh, kind of talk a little bit about the future of the podcast, guys. It, it's... Um, we were 110 episodes in, and some ideas, some things that we've done, I think have gone really well. One of the things is is with certain guests opening up the question and answers a little bit more, especially the more unique guests like Norman Kent. Um, Norman uh, had suggested that we do it, and actually he didn't suggest. He posted when he shared our post, like, yeah, write in and ask questions. We'll answer them. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. That's a good idea. He specified non-technical questions. He did. <laughs> and then he sent me a message like a day later, like, oh, yo, can they ask questions all while we're doing this? I'm like, yeah, fuck. Well, why not, man? So I, I want to do a little bit more of that. But something that we haven't done that I want to do is I have panel ideas. Like, hey, let's let's open up a topic. Let's let's find a topic for this week. Talk amongst yourselves. And let's I'll give, you, I'll give you a topic. <laughs> yeah. So we do it with guests, right? So like, um, what's what's his name? Tom Noonan. The topic was uh, ever skydive. Ever skydive. Jay Stokes. The topic was twenty four twenty four hour jump a thon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the hardest thing is scheduling guests, and really, we I actually have some pretty decent guests lined up coming up here soon, but. I still like the format of the three of us. I, I enjoy it. Justin, we never get to interact with you as much as we do when it's just us. And I love having you on the show. Yeah, I love interacting. Yeah. That's fun. Nick is... I, most of the time, I don't want to interrupt you guys. So I'm just like, it's yeah, hard this for is messy, really cool. Right? Yeah. It's hard to feel like you have something that's worth And there's like a lot of things I want to say, but like it's already diverged by the time I want to say it or yeah, feel by the like time, I can say something. Yeah, by the you know? time the pause is there, the moment is passed. Yeah, it's already like, Hey, remember two minutes ago when you guys were talking about this? But <laughs> I do that so much, man. I'm like, hey, let's go back about 20 minutes and talk. I Feel free to do that. Yeah. Nick actually says it all the time off the air is I feel like I'm train, uh, uh, derailing the conversation. I feel like I'm taking and going places I shouldn't go where I've encouraged you talk and engage and have fun, which you've gotten a lot more comfortable doing. But in this format, the three of us, y'all just don't fucking care. And you talk whenever you want, which that's great. I I love it. it. I love it. I just don't respect either of you. (laughs) In the morning, you will. In the morning, you you just hate fuckers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A million dollars buys a lot of mouthwash and respect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I want to do more of of the boys show and bring panel or or topics to the table. You know, Um, what do you want to talk about right now? Give me a topic. Uh, rap battles, <laughs> rap battles. Oh, rap what? Battles. Uh, I think Justin and I could have a rap battle if we ever have a, another karaoke. I think night. MGK's a little bitch, and Eminem shut his ass down. 
That Dude. Was the, <laughs> that was somehow the most gangster thing that's ever been said on the podcast. Most gangster white boy rappers I ever. feel like if I argue, I'm going to get shot right now. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Justin. You are correct, <laughs> sir. Um, so, yeah, like buying gear, looking at gear. Uh, free flying is a topic that we've hit so many times, but it would just be an example of a topic. And I haven't thought super hard about topics. Uh, as a matter of fact, I wanted to just brainstorm some of the ideas we could bring to the table. Well, I could talk about video editing and bore 95% of the audience. That is one of the topics I actually wanted to bring up tonight. I'm mm. glad you mentioned it because with a film festival, a lot of people have asked about about uh, editing videos and how to bring it together. What is the first thing you do, Nick? To Illegally download some software. <laughs> You're going to need a program to put it together, and that's just reality. So uh, whether you want to use... I mean, you could pay for it. You could pay for it if you wanted <laughs> the noble thing and you were an adult with a, a job that paid you enough money to do that. But um, I was I edited on Sony Vegas for a really long time. Uh, I, I really like Premiere just because there's so much uh, not, I guess, pre-built content would be one way to say it. There's a lot of tools that already exist for Premiere that just don't exist for, for Sony Vegas. Final Cut is the same way. Adobe After Effects is... Uh, more than capable of building a video, but it's actually a little less user-friendly and uh, a little more work for the most part to, to get the same look out of a video that you'd get out of Premiere. But so Vegas, Final Cut, uh, Premiere, iMovie. God, I remember using Windows Movie Maker 10 years ago before I had any uh, any of the software. But it just depends on how good you want it to look and the the, the I would say the... The top two are Final Cut and, and Premiere. That's what I would look at. Final Cut, if seems like a lot of Mac people are uh, Final Cut, and uh, Mac Mac people will do uh, Adobe Premiere, and, and PC people will do Premiere also. I um I I want to mention real quick. First of all, it's real easy to find Adobe Premiere online. Just do Super a easy. Searching. But there is a version of Adobe Premiere you can get. I think it's normally like a hundred ish bucks, but I found it for sixty nine dollars on sale. It's Adobe Premiere Elements, and it is fairly powerful. It actually has a large number of the tools that you would get with Premiere, just obviously not fully capable, not the full suite. Um, so you can get it for free, and if you don't want to search, look for uh, the cheaper version of Adobe Premiere, and there is actually a, a more affordable version of it out there. So get editing software. Second thing. Find a song. What kind... Like So one of the things that a lot of my friends... So for the film festival... We like you to use royalty-free music just so we can share it on social media. That is the only reason. Mm. But it's not necessary. Oh. We don't care if you use it or don't. It's the one right, right here. here. The yeah, blue yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, bro? Um, so Throw it, that other one up there for just a second. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's by September. But a lot of our friends do want to use royalty-free music when they're making their own videos because Facebook will take that shit down. So I think royalty-free music is a really good way to go if you plan on sharing it online. If your goal is just to play it at the film festival and win the film festival and win all the prizes, then really you don't need to have royalty-free music. Use Metallica. (laughs) Dude, I got away with with using a Metallica song. On the uh, what was the edit I did for? I remember that for the space space camp for the an angle event that was a couple of events. I remember ago. thinking like, oh and my I, god! I downloaded the car- the, uh, the instrumental track only. I was able to find the vocal track only. I was able to find the drum track only, and I just put it all together, spe- sped it up a little bit, fucked with some of the the EQ on it, and none, none of the media filters caught it. Jesus. 
So there's ways to, to try and work your way around it, but you, you really don't know. The, the gamble of that is you don't know if that's going to work until you try and upload it, and it does or doesn't get taken down. But uh, royalty-free music, it's a fucking nightmare to find a good song a lot of the time. Um, it depends on kind of the mood that you're going for, and I think that if there's talking in your video, if there's uh, uh, like a lot of the interview-style videos that I do, those are easier ones for me to find the royalty-free music because I'm just looking for a feel to go along with whatever the dialogue is, whatever the conversation is, right? But if you're looking for something that, you know, you're just trying to make this super eye-candy, really flashy, poppy video, then I think a, a well-known song or a cover or mashup of a well-known song is a really good way to go. I it's So I the other day, not, not even the other day, a while back when you were getting the, the film festival video, the promo together... You actually showed me a mashup, and it's a song you use, said and done. And that's when I really became aware that mashups were that available and that out there. And then recently you were trying to put the Labor Day boogie video together. Mm-hmm. And you were super stuck on songs, and you threw out to the world, like, yo, help me find a fucking song. And I went down the rabbit hole of searching mashups and searching covers and searching different things that, that like, hey, what's out there? good and it's like yeah this is good i'm into this i can do this and then they'll do something halfway through that just totally fucks it up yeah and i just can't deal with it anymore just like dud yeah yeah so sometimes i'll be yeah. super into a song i'll be oh man and this happens with royalty free music even more that i'll be like oh yeah this is good this is good this is good i can do this and then halfway through it's just like no man like what the fuck were you doing that you thought that was the direction to take this song but um, good good covers, I, I think, work great and usually get through the, the media filter as long as it's not a super, super well-known band who's who's covered the song. Uh, Scott Muckeroy said it took him weeks to find a good royalty-free song. And it, and it can, man. I've, I've done that search for, you know, every every video that I've made that I knew was for, like the videos that I've made for Spaceland and especially the videos that I've made for iFly. I want to have a, a, a track that I know they're not going to get sued over, you know? But sometimes you just spend, you know, I spent a week to to find a song for the for that Labor Day boogie, and I ended up ironically using a cover of Tom Petty's "Free Fallen" because I thought that was a hilarious <laughs> suggestion. But uh, so you build the video around the song. Well, if I if I, if I want it to be really engaging and fun, I like the footage to go along with the music. But if I'm really stuck, if I haven't found the song yet, I can still kind of make progress on the video by just going through my footage picking out the the really good stuff that i know i'm going to use and uh, i don't if if you're totally unfamiliar with editing you might know or you might not know what it means to talk about a timeline in a, in a video editing program but it's basically like if you were looking at the video frame by frame and it was just all stacked out in a in a long line that's your that's your timeline <laughs> and so i'll just pull out good clips from my footage that i know is probably going to make it into the edit and i'll just just go through everything I have that I haven't already put in something, and I'll just stack it up on the timeline. So now, now when I've got my song, now I can just go through that good footage that I've already picked out and put put certain you know certain things in certain spots. Does that answer your question? It does. Absolutely, it does. But, yeah, it makes sense because I, I notice a lot like when um, a lot of your videos, like when there's a, uh, when there's like a solo break or instrumental break. 
like the video very well fits right into that. Like you put that really badass scene like right there uh, where it'll be noticed like yeah, in like the to, audio track. I, I think one thing that I have going for me that works well with video editing is I'm really, really willing to just watch it over and over and over. And every time I add a new thing at the end, sometimes I'll just... I often will watch the entire video again, including this two-second edition that I put on, just to make sure that it fits and flows and feels right. And then it kind of leads me into, okay, where is it going to go next? What do I need next? Oh, the the song's going to do this. So what am I going to do for that pause? Oh, I had this funny thing that includes audio, so I can use that in a break of the song or whatever. So the more I know about everything that I'm going to try and use in, in, the, in the video, then uh, that helps too. But the song, the song for me is a big one. But there is a lot of good royalty-free music out there. You'll spend more money for the really good stuff. Like you can go on Audio Jungle or Pond5 are two that I use really commonly when I'm only trying to spend like 10 bucks on a song. Premium Beats as well. Was that one of them? Premium Beats I think is more around like the $50 they were pricey. Per, per song. That's where we got I think, this I think 50 show to, from. to $60 per wow. song. But there's a lot more. It, it just sounds more produced. The quality is a lot higher. But it just depends on... You know, if if throwing sixty dollars at one song that I mean, any of these websites they will let you download like a an audio watermarked version of the song for free, so you can put that on your timeline and see if it's worth it to to add it to it. And then you buy the the version of the song, and uh, and then you don't have the the premiumbeat dot com guy yeah. in the <laughs> background. If you want to be really sneaky about it, some sometimes you can find the track the name of the track on premiumbeat.com and then you can go to YouTube and look up that track and then you can illegally download the YouTube clip and take just the audio from it and because it's royalty free it's not going to pop on any of the the media filters uh, I don't know anyone who would do that or has done that <laughs> multiple times but or maybe the same location where you download the uh, illegal software you could get those Yeah dude uh, just fucking get on get on YouTube they have all the tricks they'll tell you Get on YouTube YouTube also has a lot of royalty free music but I find this stuff on there is usually a little cheesier. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on where you look. And, and a lot of times, once I find, like, once you get down a good rabbit hole, like the the autoplay, like balls deep into it. Yeah, once you're, you know, you're, you're balls deep in some, into some <laughs> funk. And some, rabbit's hole? Oh. Sorry, rabbit. I just took a turn. <laughs> but but sometimes I might get on a good thread of music, like a good thread of mashups or something, yeah, yeah. and then the, the autoplay will bring up another good song that I wouldn't have looked for. So sometimes you really just do have to wait it out and keep hitting the next button and keep hitting the next button and just search for search for a song that you like and see what see what autoplay brings up. There was a song and I I'll, I'll try to remember what it was that came up that I actually think I sent you a cover or a mashup of that song at some point. It was in excess. There is an in excess song. You just have to use at some point, and I don't know what for. <laughs> I don't know when for. I'll send it back to you again. Um, I have more questions about the edit, group right but there. real quick. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Uh, Jacob Henderson. Speaking of editing, when do we get to? Uh, when do we get to see Looking to Build Three? That's a good question. Um, it's really been on the back burner for me. Uh, I Looking to Build Two was one of my most favorite videos because we had a lot of really really high quality jumps, and the idea for the intro. I think was just perfect. <laughs> That's why I just started because, laughing. <laughs> because we wanted to film the, the intro because Tex's van, Tex has this black van, right? Oh, yeah. And so Tinley, uh, Matt Tinley was the one who had the idea of, hey, let's use Tex's van and do this. And then, of course, 
everyone wants to to have the good idea or have part in the good idea. No one wants to actually put the work into making that idea, mm-hmm. right? So everyone had already fucking left, and I didn't have anyone to film the intro with. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be funny if I just superimposed all of our faces over the faces of the people in the movie, and we just record our whole audio. One of the longest parts about that edit, if you watch the beginning of Looking to Build 2 edit with uh, the, the clip from Old School, all of that audio, I built all of it. So the the song even, like the Master of Puppets song, I had to go and watch the watch the movie a bunch of times because the, the, the audio doesn't play straight through like it does from the song. It's, it's clipped up in a bunch of spots. So the first thing I had to do was take the song, clip it up in all the same spots, blend all of it, and make it so the song that plays in the background, now I, now I have the background song. And every time that the, the van crashes into something, or the squealing of the tires, or the shopping cart that goes across the... Uh, maybe we shouldn't play this if we ever plan yeah. on putting this on YouTube. Oh, sorry. But uh, you can play the, the video, but just not the... the yeah, put the, put the video up. So like there, with the, where the van goes, all of our voices are obviously recorded, but all of the, uh, the sound effects of uh, you know the van driving... There's even wind noise in there as the van passes. So that that was one of the most uh, time-consuming parts is building the, the audio track for it. <laughs> and then obviously the animation of our faces. Did you already it, have the still pictures? No, I made everyone. I you said, made hey. them sit down and do it. Yeah, I said, I said hey, and Jeffro fucking nailed it. Jeffro sent me the best That's photos. That's awesome. <laughs> but like the, the sound of it crashing into that, the, the sounds of the screams. I was filming people screaming in the video room. Those foot, those the he's stepping right here. He's running. So all of that. The I made text yell. You're only you're only making this harder on yourself. <laughs> like we, we recorded all of it, and so it took a shitload of time to make this. Probably not, not quite as much time as it would have taken to actually film all of it. But I think it was a really good, uh, a really good idea. It has a strong opening. That's that's the very short version of what I'm trying to tell you. And I don't have a good idea for the opening of Looking to Build Three. And I don't want to make a less good video than we than we made. So, but it's hard to top that. It's 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 really hard to top. And on on this event, we did like thirty jumps, and and looking to build three, we had weather. We only made ten jumps. Oh yeah. And most of the successful jumps are just like cruisy angles. There are a few good jumps that that went off, like flying the upright round through the head down round, which is something that everyone's already seen now. So, and I have I haven't found a song until maybe today. Maybe today or yesterday, I started singing this song, and I was like, "I could do an edit to this fucking song." <laughs> but I, I don't want. Was there a cat playing piano? On the song? No, no, no okay. cat piano thumbnails. Was it you? Was it "I Will Always Love You"? No, no. <laughs> but hey. there's a, the word "loves" in it. Did you cry at Heath and Paula's wedding? Uh, okay, so I was holding a camera the whole time, right? So I'm in I'm in work mode, and I was feeling pretty good until uh, Heath. Or Paula and her dad stepped out from the bar to come over. And I looked over at her looking so beautiful in that dress. And I heard myself go. (laughs) 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 And I was like, dude, keep it together. You're fucking, you're working right now. Like you're filming this wedding. Don't, don't have a fucking, don't have a breakdown in this moment. So I was able to, to rein it in and keep my, keep my shit together. That's when I shed my first tear. When they were walking down, we called it the gravel. So when you when we're when they're walking perpendicular to to forward under mm-hmm. the trees, that was called the gravel. It's not really gravelly, but when they hit that gravel, I was like, okay, I, I got that one. I'm good. And uh, up front, I can't speak for the audience, but up front, it was very simple. It was very easy. By far, Heath had the most tears. 
Ethan, you and me are just alike. We we are men who don't I, mind dude, crying. I, lo- I loved watching him cry too, because he would even get like that little bit of an ugly face cry, where like it looks like someone's tugging on different parts of his face, <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing because you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. But it's like, man, what a big-hearted fella. Oh like, man, that's I dude. I have a huge admiration for people who are willing to be emotionally vulnerable in dude. front of others, because it's like, man. Unless you're a fucking robot or you're totally in denial of your feelings, like everyone's emotionally moved at different times. Yeah. It's like, man, it takes a certain level of uh, of strength to be comfortable being vulnerable in front of other people. Man, he, and he by far cried the most. Uh, you, you say that face. So we were sitting at so at the, at the dinner for those who uh, the bride and groom were sitting at the table with their parents, and then the bride, the maid of honor, which was Veronica. And myself and, and Valerie. And I'm sitting, it's Heath, his mother, and then myself. And Heath looked at me in the middle of dinner. And and this is the first time I got to meet Rhonda. His mom was the night before. So Rhonda and I got to meet each other. We both have heard a lot about each other. Absolutely wonderful, blessed lady. And Heath looked at me and he looked at his mother. And you know the ugly face tugging thing you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> My mother. And just, I mean, he... He was just in such a blessed time between the two women who absolutely adore him the most. And to see how he was just so smothered by that love and how much it just crushed his heart in the best possible way. The whiskey helped. Oh, the whiskey for sure helped. <laughs> for sure, dude. For sure. Dude, we, we started when, like Thursday before the wedding uh, started. When I took him from the room to, to, the, to my room, it at that point was like, so when do you want to drink again? He's like, uh, the venue. Because he had already... Uh, you know, um, what's his name? The hair, the haircutting dude, Raymond Adams. Raymond, Raymond Adams was there, and Raymond that morning just kept pouring him Kahlua and coffee, and just kept pouring him no Jameson and coffee, and just kept pouring. And so by the time I kidnapped Heath, he'd already had a few drinks. I wouldn't say he was drunk. I wouldn't say he was sober either. So <laughs> he'd had a few drinks. Um, he he sobered up quite a bit through the day, but man, it, it was a wonderful wedding. I want to go back to the video editing. God, man, it was so much love. Yeah, it was it was a nice yeah. one. It was good. Paula cried the second most. I cried the third most of the people up front. After that, I don't think anybody up front cried. The rest of them were fucking robots. Just Heath, Paula, and myself were the only ones who actually have real human emotions. The rest of you, cyborgs. Um, uh, video editing. So you've got a software that you downloaded illegally. You got your software. You got your song. You pirated music from searching it all over the place. You put clips all over the timeline, but my question comes to clip length. How important do you find clip length? Most of my clips are pretty brief. I I tend to use things that are five seconds or less, unless there's a lot of movement. Um, I really like the the jumps where there are multiple angles of the same jump, and you can just like a TV show or a movie, you're just going to a different angle of the of the same thing. But that obviously only works if the footage is of something cool. So it's um think think about like your favorite movies and even if you don't like the most popular movies look at the most popular TV shows and movies the fucking Apple commercial boom 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 they, boom they change boom. more if if you actually were to look and take a stopwatch they they're changing every every second or couple of seconds like it's not it's not long but some some of those shots are I don't know I guess if you were going to argue like composition and storytelling i'm sure there's someone who's going to have a much more technical explanation than than i'm going to have right now but 
for the most part, you can use shorter clips than what you feel like you're, you need to. So I think with composition and storytelling, longer clips are very doable and very possible, but you need to be a good technician at storytelling and composition, which let's be real, most of us putting skydiving videos together are not technicians. We're not great at storytelling. We're not great at storyboarding. We're not great at composition. That's not necessarily our goal. So we compromise by putting together faster paced clips. I mean, I, I do think with a with a story like Jimmy's video from last year is a really good example of he's actually telling a story that your brain is following. Your brain's following the story of, of the rig and of Francisco's nipples, right? <laughs> I just love when he... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's because he dream boarded it. <laughs> no, uh, vision board. Vision board, yeah. But uh, with the story, I think you actually get away with being able to use a longer clip because the person's brain is involved in following the story and kind of trying to think, oh, what's happening next? You know, you're you're more mentally engaged. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just uh, like the the videos that I like to make that are more, most fun for me when it starts with a fun song, it's just like a music video where it's just like, hey, here's cool shit and cool and cool music. And I think that those are the ones where it works better to do shorter clips and think about playing with the song, um, just playing, playing with the, you know, putting putting the footage to the beat and making the visual and audio experience make sense together. Do you ever think about when you cut scenes? So like you're going from this shot to this shot. Do you try to change shots on a beat? Do you use the music? Uh, often. I, I find myself, like, that's really habitual for me, and I think that that's something that I actually overdo and put effort into doing a little bit less of, like, hey, like, it, it is cool when it matches up to the beat, but you know what? I need to show a little bit more of this clip than the timing of the beat will allow, so I'm going to... I use speed ramping a lot, so speeding things up and slowing things down, okay. where if a, if a clip is longer than I want it to be to fit in a certain spot, I might speed up part of that same clip to get through, you know, part of it that is a little less visually exciting but still necessary to get to the end of the clip if that makes it's hard for me to to make a visual example of that but um like accelerating a transition in the middle of a clip sometimes sure like let's say let's say that i i needed the exit of the airplane but what i also really wanted to show was the first point then the moment that we exit the airplane i might even slow down the moment that we get out but from the time that we're out of the plane to the time where the first point actually starts to happen i might speed that way up i might speed that up by like 500 percent, so it's five times faster than it would normally happen and then i might slow it back down when it gets right to the point that i want to to show and then i might really slow it down to make it end on the beat does that make sense no it completely makes sense i'm picturing like some videos i've seen of yours I mean, it makes complete sense, actually. Don't steal all my shit, dog. <laughs> Dude, you you got no threats from me. I actually used to do a lot of editing early in skydiving. I was a videographer for the longest time. Um, a lot of editing. Alex O'Connor, you know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex and I, um, you ever seen his rig that says Alex BAE on it? Yeah, I've seen that, right? Yeah, Alex Vertical Access Entertainment. That was a production brand that he came up with. Of Vertical Access Entertainment ended up doing the annual Christmas videos at the drop zone we were at for a few years, and I worked with him on a lot of those projects. Um, I would say it would be about an 80-20 split worth of work. Um, I came in and did a lot more than maybe 20%, but he really, he was the brains behind it. He actually went to school. Uh, dude, he did some really cool stuff. I watched one day, he took a piece of cardboard. He had video, he worked it in After Effects, I think that's the name of it. Um, and he had a piece of cardboard, and on the cardboard, on the video, it said 10. And he flipped it over, and it said 9. And he flipped it over, and it said 8. And, he, and just every time he flipped it over, it counted down. 
and he just really knows how to work and and uh, edit video. He's he's a he's great at it. Just I guess lost the love or passion for it at some point. Um, I would love to see him get back at it because he really he he he's talented at it, no doubt, man. So, uh, clip length. And how important is the way you start a video? And that's it seems like looking at Bill 3 was something you have. Uh, I mean, I think that, again, it either comes down to, I really like songs that are structured with an intro, that like where there's a beginning to the song that has a much different energy than the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it easier to open up the video in a way where it doesn't feel like it's starting at a drive-by shooting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool to... Like I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's hard. A lot of the stuff is really visual for me, both like how I see it in my brain and how it looks on the timeline. So I like it's it's hard to put it all into words. But I, it depends on the feel of the song. I guess whatever song I fall in love with, I'm gonna either figure out a way to build an intro with a different song, or figure out a way to start it abruptly in a way that just makes sense. But uh, don't overwhelm the senses right away. I mean, you can, you can. I mean, I'm trying to think of, of videos <clears throat> that hit, or like songs that I've used that just hit really hard. And uh, I can think of some that where they it was a really abrupt start, and I still it didn't keep me from liking it. But just just like generally, especially with the videos I make now, like something for Spaceland, like I'm going to want a spot to introduce Spaceland to put their, to put their name or for looking to build, I'm going to want somewhere that the logo fits. That doesn't seem like I'm just shoving it at the front of the song. Cause that's where it belongs. I want the song to feel like it's opening. Like think about when you go to a movie and how like there's the opening credits and there's like, you're, you're establishing, you know, where you are mm-hmm. or what's happening. A build up. You're, yeah. Looking to build up. Ooh, <laughs> looking to build up three. But I mean, again, and all of this is just my my way of doing it. Not to say that any of it's right or wrong. You could you could start a, a you know, a super super abrupt and super harsh way, and as long as the footage is good enough to support it, yeah, fucking go for it. Just hate fuck the intro. Hate fuck the intro for sure. <laughs> Justin, I need you to do me a favor. Behind you on the film festival poster says details. Tell me what video format the details require it to be in. Oh, yeah. I actually have it. MP4 or MOV. That's what I was. I thought. So um, Scott McElroy asks, is there a specific format that plays better or clear off the projector? Um, I really uh, like MP4s. Uh, it seems like we've struggled with, with MOV files, depending on what media player we've, we've used. But uh, MP4s are super uh, super consistent, both on Mac and PC. And we're using your computer to drive the show again this year. Sure. We found my laptop just doesn't drive some of these video files. If you're producing these video files at a good, high-quality render, which isn't... I mean, a five-minute video, like your video file should be like 600 megabytes or less. You could could fuck up the the output settings and end up with like a huge file that's 10 gigs. But uh, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> We've seen one or two videos come that were like three times the size they needed to be, mm-hmm. and thank you guys for bringing them. And the, one of the reasons we don't use my computer, mine is a office laptop. It's not meant for video work at all. The fact that I can play uh, 720 uh, GoPro videos on it makes me happy. It's not meant to do that. Your computer, on the other hand, is meant to do video work. Yeah, so output your stuff at 1080. Uh, again, depending on what uh, software you're using, the, the output settings are, are going to be different. 
But um, I, I output most things at uh, 1080 at 30 frames. Okay. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind when it comes to video editing in the film festival is the audience is going to vote on the winner. And really, not just in this case, the audience is going to vote on the winner. But if you're putting a video out to FaceSpace, if you're putting it out to YouTube, if you're putting it anywhere out there on social media, the heroes are not going to be your critics. It's the average everyday people who you're trying to convince to watch your videos, film festival or otherwise. The average everyday person cannot shred like text. The average everyday person can't fly like certain high-level flyers. The average everyday person funnels exits. The average everyday person takes out an eight-way every now and then. And we look at the winners of, this, of the, the film festival, and it's been people who have shown real skydiving. And, and absolutely looking at looking to build some high-level shred fest, looking at some of the things from um, Live Bigs, looking at some of the really... Yeah, but you know, in all those edits, I cut out all the shitty parts that also yeah. happened. Yeah. And people love the edits you have, and there's no doubt they do awesome. But man, uh, what, what was her name? Daniela. Mm-hmm. She had some of the funniest moments and had the largest and loudest reactions of anybody when her video showed. And all the videos that were real, there's been videos over ba- the past two film festivals that I actually thought, like, this video is not going to be super well received by the audience. They're going to be like, eh, they're, they're going to be polite. They're not going to be like, boo, but, you know, but man, those videos show and those scenes where I'm like, I'm curious. I watch the audience and they explode. Uh, it's something that a secret that. We, we require the film festival entries to be in by 3 p.m. And the biggest reason is, is Nick and I actually get to screen. Hopefully Justin will be us with us this year. And we screen the videos before we show them. And I will be completely candid with why we screen them. I just, and I'm not as worried as I was the first two years, but I didn't want to show two or three duds in a row that lost the energy of the entire room. I wanted to spread them out. I wanted to mix them up. And that way there was just a good flow of energy. And so we really try to, to present them in an energy flow to what we interpret. So when we watch the videos during the festival, it's our second time watching them. Uh, if it's an early submission, it might be our third time watching them. And I love, I learned this from you, watching the audience responses to the videos. I enjoy it so much. And what the audience responds to are the real human interaction moments. The, the things that touch your heart, touch your soul, touch the way you fly better. So no, you don't have to have Texas level of flying. No, you don't have to be on looking to build. Daniela couldn't even wear a fucking camera, and she was able to put it together. So just have some fun. Make it real. Make it there. Justin, what do you got? I was going to say, I have a really good excuse. I was at a World Series game, like the best World Series game in all of history last year, or uh, when I couldn't make it. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago. So which, you're you're looking at see if there's a World Series. I was game just on looking 26. at it, and there is one. But we have the best record in all of MLB, so we'll be playing at the Dodgers most likely. So you won't you'll be able to go to the yeah 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 at that on that date yeah that's what I was looking at which it's, game is on that night yeah so if the World <laughs> if the if the Astros are in the World Series oh that's Justin not that's will be definite. at the film festival <laughs> in the background watching the Astros watching the play Astros the Dodgers game. while you're showing your badass edit that's right while the rest of us enjoy it <laughs> guys something that we say all the time to our guests is can you believe it's already been just over two hours um it's, time always flies on this show. We'll do more of this. We will bring some more of these panel conversations coming up, man. But, Nick, you've got an early flight tomorrow. Wheels up at 510, baby. Yeehaw. Guys, gals, anything you want to share before we get the F out of here? 
Good. I'm looking, good. Looking forward to Sunday night. Cool. Man. What's Sunday night? Oh, Norman Kim. Norm Kim. Oh, my God, dude. So I have to wake up at like 5 o'clock Saturday morning to get to San Marcos on time to do what event we're doing in San Marcos on Saturday and Sunday. Leave San Marcos late enough to be there long enough, early enough to be back here on time. So this weekend's going to be just a little bit of a cluster for me. I am so excited about it, though. Look forward to seeing my San Marcos friends. Guys and gals, if you're out there, I will be out doing free canopy coaching for all the mentees. We'll be doing a sport accuracy comp. I'll also be doing accuracy coaching there. Uh, We will be back Sunday night with Norman Kent. Till then, this is Gravity Lab Radio. Blue skies. See you later. Nick, go Astros. Enjoy the show. Enjoy your sister's wedding. Tell your mom I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I'll do it tonight.